lot of fucking limes. I had a lot of limes. You had limes a house down. But like, I, feel like, I, I, I feel like I was the, you I had the, one of the best um, understanding of oh, absolutely. going in there. Totally. Girl, I hear y'all over there. <laughs> trying to make something happen that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I'm very proud of my performance in Sex and the Kitty Girl 3. I took the lead role, who had the most lines. It was a risk, and I hope that it doesn't set me home. You were so Kristen. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. You don't, even, you don't even know the show. She's the prissy white bitch. You didn't give me that. A lot of mine was in the nuances that I did. <laughs> Like, 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 you know like, what I'm gonna do? Fail nuance. <laughs> <laughs> nuance. When I can make myself laugh, like, I know it's funny. And yesterday, inside, I was like, <laughs> so it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens on the runway. So, never before in the history of Drag Race have I ever felt so seen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so let me, let me just set up. I, I watched this episode, you know, we're recording this on Sunday. I watched this episode last night on Saturday. Uh, this was after coming home from my grandmother's funeral, from going through a week of that whole thing. Uh, it's fine, whatever. She lived a good life. But it's a crappy week, right? It's a shitty week. And, you know, I saw lots of family, which was nice, but it's kind of exhausting after a while and, you know, by the time it was all over on Saturday, I was like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I want to curl up on the couch with Marco. I want to put on Drag Race. I avoided all the spoilers. And I just, this is what I want. And okay. so I got all those things. I got home. I got on the couch. I got Marco. He was super cuddly. Got everything, <laughs> all the elements. And then I think it was actually, it came up in the preview for like coming up next in the episode when I first saw them, uh, Monet say, well, I think it's all in, in, you know, the nuances. And I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> and then when it, and then it was like, I am not, I am full disclosure. I teared up because I think I was just so like emotional <laughs> from the day that it was just, it made me so happy to see them like celebrating the word nuance that uh -huh. I just like welled up. <laughs> And kind of poking fun at it at the same time. Yeah, and it was just like, it was, it was like, I just, I, I, we were saying this before we started recording, but it was as if Monet was Carol Burnett ear tugging us and saying, all right, Mary, I see you. So uh, I, yeah, it was just, I, I mean, it was the best moment. Yeah, it's a very Valerie Cherish moment, right? Like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, gay, gay people, they get, they get the nuances more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he really got me. Yeah, I think it's because he was yeah. gay. He got the nuances more. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. And Monet uh, talking about her nuances as Kristen Davis. I mean, obviously we can talk about that when we get there because I completely agree uh, with Monet on this, uh, on this idea of her nuances. So um, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I, yeah, it'll be, I'll be, we haven't talked about this episode at all uh, before no. hitting record, so I don't know what you think of it. Um, okay. I know what I think of it, but oh, I mean. do you? <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, you do? Um, I mean, regardless of the challenge, I will always be appreciative of this episode um, for the ultimate sure. goop. The ultimate, the ultimate goop. goop. The ultimate a nuance. Ce a celebration of nuance. Exactly. I mean, so here's my question uh, based on this clip of the week, because we're still talking about that. So this whole clip opens with 
Monet talking to Naomi about how well she did and Naomi being like yeah I think I did a really good job I think I really got her down and Monet's like oh yeah you totally did and then Latrice chimes in because she's like I see what you guys are trying to make over there what does that mean what do you think she meant by that I you know I I love it was a great moment and I felt like what she was saying was like I see you two over there trying to convince yourself of something that isn't true you know <laughs> and oh and it, though at first that when I first saw that I thought she was like saying like oh I see you two over there trying to make an an alliance you know because obviously they're all going into this this elimination knowing that no one's safe you know oh I but see if Monet and Naomi are kind of buddying up maybe like you know, to keep each other safe if one's in a position of power. Right. I see what you mean. Yeah. I, I, I think it was more about her calling out the fact that they're trying to create something that wasn't there. Like they're, they're blowing themselves up. It's like Asia talking about her Beyonce character and it not actually being good. Right. Not that Asia did that. Not that Asia did that, but yeah. Yeah. Like revisionist history. Yeah. yeah, Right. 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 Um, right, Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't. I'm keen to hear your thoughts on Monet's Kristen. I don't necessarily think it was bad. I kind of, not to jump the boom boom gun, but I'm kind of with Felicity Huffman here, which is a sentence I've always wanted to say. Um, that I, uh, I think that when you have a role like this, you, you have to. This is as much as you can do. And yeah. as she so aptly put it, if you're doing anything more than that, you're shoveling shit on top. Well, it reminded me of something that that Trixie Mattel said, referring to Thorgy Thor on All Stars. Right, there are some beach balls that you get on Drag Race, and you could swing and miss Shangela, right? But she didn't. Mm-hmm. Shangela knocked it out of the park. Or you could get a Thorgy fastball, and if you get it, it's like, wow, you did it. Or, yeah, it's just a trickier challenge, but it's it's just the way that the game goes, which is why I think it was so interesting that the that Monet's success was hinged on a rocks, paper, scissor game, because had Monet won rocks, paper, scissor, she would definitely have won Kim Cattrall. Oh, oh, you mean like she would have won the challenge? As that Kim character, Cattrall. that character is the one that's designed to stick out and be the funniest oh it kim cattrall is the new black china yeah <laughs> it's it... <laughs> you know what i'm saying mary <laughs> i love that i love that yeah <laughs> oh god and and white pumps are the sign of a true hooker yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right right um yeah no i i really think um I really think that role, you're you're right. I think that role, it was like you all you had to do was show up and do the lines, you know? Yeah, and and have some sort of Kim Cattrall-ism, whereas mm-hmm. Monet had a very difficult job with with Kristen Davis, is that her name? Um, uh, yeah. With Kristen, uh, I mean, what's her name in the show? Oh, Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. <laughs> oh, Charlotte. Yeah. Of course um, she's the most forgettable, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so Charlotte, I mean, that is, that is a... That is harder than Cynthia Nixon. There are things that Latrice wasn't doing with Cynthia Nixon where I'm like, oh, this could have been amped up even more. I also think Naomi had a really hard job because Sarah Jessica Parker, there, there's a tone that she missed, obviously, but uh, it, that's also hard because it wasn't always funny. You know, it's not over the top. Kim Cattrall's character, Samantha, is the drag queen. Keijo 
was a drag queen in that episode, right? Like it was, they're all over the top. Yeah, I I think that some of them, you know, like, you know, and we'll get into it as we go through the challenge, but it seemed like Naomi couldn't, she wasn't landing on the the role that that character plays, the dynamic that, you know, that she adds to that sort of, that pizza pie, you know what I mean? Like what slice she provides. And I feel like, um, same for Latrice, like, first of all, it's a goddamn shame that they couldn't figure out how to have Latrice playing the lesbian character say, get those nuts away from my right, face. Right, right. <laughs> give her some, give her a beach ball she can knock out something. of the park, yeah, you know? They didn't give her I, anything. Yeah, she seemed very lost in that role. And I feel like with Naomi, it was like, I could see what Ross was saying about playing her sweeter because that then made sense with everybody else, what they, everyone else was doing. If she's sure. nasty, it doesn't fit in with everybody else and what they're right. providing. Right, right. So Yeah, there was uh, the dynamic I think Naomi was trying to amp up was her being versus Kim Cattrall because in the story of Sex and the City 3 – SJP was pushing for the 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 threequel, and Kim Cattrall right. was the one that's right. like, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I Naomi in the workroom, kind of being a little deluded about a performance. I didn't quite believe. I thought that it was like more of her trying to talk herself up and trying to be as confident as possible. Because if she wasn't confident, like that's a choice. You can either be confident or you can not be confident. And she just chose like, well, I'm gonna just assume that I did a good job. Yeah, I think what Naomi did really well this episode was, like, regardless of how she did in the challenge, she, like, she sold the garment, so to speak. She talked herself up in the workroom and was confident about her performance, and then when she was questioned on the runway, she said, well, I took a risk. I didn't want to be comfortable and safe, so I pushed myself, and uh, that felt more important, and I think... That was really smart because I think that stood out as an all-star quality more than whether she nailed Sarah Jessica Parker or not, which right, right. is and a, a question. Who would Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, I uh, it, it, Sarah Jessica it, Parker. It, I hardly know her. <laughs> Parker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I find Naomi's behavior the past two episodes, or even three episodes since that lip sync versus Gia. Uh, she has taken a new stance on what she's going to do on the show, right? Obviously, yeah. it's about risks. It's about zero fucks. Yes, it's about yes. like you know what? I'm just here and I'm going to do this. And you know what? It just got rewarded. I feel like it. It almost feels like this is like a direct result. And maybe this is all the editing, and I'm fine with that. Of like Rue t- Naomi taking Rue's advice to like say the wrong thing, fuck up, and she's like, yeah. fine, I'm going to free fall here. And, and as she said this episode, I don't give a fuck. And you know what? <laughs> I believed her. I really yeah, I believe her. her. I don't yeah. think she's bullshitting. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Uh, well, Mary, I'm very excited to talk about Sex and the Kitty Girl. Uh, why don't we jump into this episode? But before we do, why don't we tell our Marys what they're listening to? Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary, which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul's created with this little beady beady TV show. I'm Johnny, and I feel like I can be very slutty as well. I'm Colin, um, and uh, yeah, ditto, right? I mean, who cares? Uh, <laughs> and this week, we are, of course, continuing rounding the home stretch 
of All Stars 4. There we go. You know, next week is the finale, and we should remind our listeners that we have a live show coming up uh, in Portland as part of the Listen Up Portland Festival on Sunday uh, at the Deluxe Hotel at 4.30. Uh, and tickets are still available. Apparently there's a few left, so uh, come on and snatch them up. We are interviewing Darcel15, um, XV, uh, mm-hmm. And I'm really excited uh, to meet some Marys. I'm also nervous as fuck. <laughs> I am very excited. We also have another special guest who recently just confirmed, so stay tuned for that. But it is uh, uh, someone I'm a huge fan of, and so I'm I'm gooped. I'm gooped. This is you know a uh, someone podcast related that I'm a very big fan of. So very nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I- I'm nervous, but I'm also. I'm nervous until I remember this. This is a room full of Marys. We're yes, fine. Yes, yes. I'm excited. People uh, just and, want and this to be, including, want us to have a good inclu- time. Yes, including Darcel. I think Darcel is a perfect guest for us because she is. Oh, yeah. She embodies so much of activism and community that we just love. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's going to be a great time. And I think. Uh, we're going to get to meet a lot of Marys while we're in Portland. We want to meet people. If you're in Portland and you want to meet us, I mean, we have plans. Uh, we're forming up plans for Friday night to watch the finale. Yes, with- I think at 5 p.m. The, the East Coast broadcast, and then maybe again we'll watch the West Coast broadcast. Yes, and then if anybody else in the area is going to Queer Horror on Thursday night to see Seed of Chucky, I will be there. Um <laughs> I am. Uh, I won't be there. I have to work on uh, Thursday night. So yeah, I'm getting in uh, that morning, and so I'm going to be dead on my feet. But girl, I'm <laughs> I'm pushing. I'm going to just push through because all like right. you got to you got to bring an all star. You know, Jennifer Tilly. You know, she saved, helped a lot of people. You know, changed saved a lot, a lot of lives. lives. Yeah. yeah, nominated for best supporting actress. Listen, I'm not mad at it. So um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, yeah, Portland. I'm I'm excited. I'll be nervous. But I'll have a drink. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have no idea what to expect, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, with that, Mary, though, let's talk about uh, uh, this this episode, Sex and the Kitty Girl. Uh, we come in uh, to the elimination of Manila Luzon, which shook the Internet. Um, uh, and yeah, it's it's been it's been a crazy Crazy week uh, hearing people react. For the most part, at least in my circle, everybody's kind of like, well, it's great TV. I miss Manila, but it's great TV. And, you know, Naomi's killing it and and, and all that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, you know, this week I kind of was a hermit, so I didn't didn't go digging for a lot of it. But apparently Naomi has gotten just a ridiculous amount of racist bullshit backlash. Um, because, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. It's a fucking TV show. And I'm saying that as someone who has a podcast dedicated to talking about it, it's a fucking TV show. Um, so, I mean, you know, I just, it's just, it's, it's, it's the same conversation we've and anyone else has had before about this. It's like, it's disappointing. It's frustrating. It's unfortunate. And like, not surprising in the least that it goes to racism, you know? Right. You know, Manila Luzon was interviewed on Review with a Jew, uh, and she talked about how she's getting a flood of support from her fans. And then some people being like, hey, Manila, can you call out uh, the fans that are, you know, sending hate towards Naomi? And Manila's like, sure, I can do that, but they're still going to choose to do it. Yeah. Like, they're still – so it's like – 
sure, you can put the onus on me. And I kind of feel for Valentina in this sense. It's like, sure, you can put the onus on the Queen, Queen's fans who are doing it, but it's like, or on the Queen whose fans are doing it. But yeah. at the end of the day, like, they are choosing. They, they're going to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. And she also put into perspective, she's like, it's not like, you know, soccer players in Brazil who miss a field goal or whatever you call it. And, uh, and then those fans like threaten to burn their family, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think we had, cause we talked about this a bit last week of like this idea of like, you know, rabid fandom and using fandom in quotes. Um, and I think we, you know, gotten some feedback from folks that like, yeah, this is, this is in every, every fandom, every, yeah. you know, a, a, an animated TV show, a sports team, whatever. Like there is, you know, a gaming, in, certainly gaming culture has seen this kind of toxicity times a thousand, you know? Right. And so like this is, it, it definitely is not specific to Drag Race fans. It's just this awful element of humanity that has attached itself to the nuances uh, in this case of drag race. You know, it's, uh, it's being racist, but about a queen going home, it's being an asshole, but about this or that. And to Manila's point, like it's, it's not like, Oh, if Manila just says, Hey guys, stop that. That's all it's going to take that these people are way beyond. It does help. It does help to put that out there, but yes, yes. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Yeah. It doesn't hurt to say something. Sure. Right. Right, which she has. So yeah, of course. Um, so I noticed uh, they have this first talking head with Monique that, you know, and I love Monique, of course, and I love her talking heads. But this was the first time I noticed where it seemed like she just did like a series of catchphrases for them and was like, "Here, just use any one of these whenever you need," and they just used the whole clip. You know, <laughs> it was just like one after the other, and I mean, <laughs> goop, I, I get stunning. Just doing her, yeah, tens across the board. I'm gooped. I mean, it's all stars. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I really want to win. Oh, really? <laughs> so. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah, yeah any, anything can happen. I did love uh, the moment of Naomi cleaning the mirror. We haven't really had a queen kind of performing yes. while they're cleaning the mirror. And I was like, okay, this makes sense that Naomi's doing it. So. I loved it. I love the posing. <clears throat> yeah, she's uh, she's also just, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, but we're obviously getting more of it this week. She's a very refreshing narrator. Like there's an honesty and a no bullshit quality that isn't uh, like abrasive or aggressive. It's just like, it, it, it's like basically what she's doing is saying, I'm not going to lie to you, not for no goddamn TV show. Yeah. You know? Oh, great. Great. Yeah. Great yeah. parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trinity says, I, I guess they went and they, they're talking in the workroom. Uh, Trinity says, you know, Manila deserved to be in this competition so far until the end. And then there was this, beautiful clip it was like oh well according to her track record her track record mm-hmm. uh that just went right after uh that they made sure that there was like well no it's because of her track record oh her track record what do you think right. that was about what were the editors trying to infuse there um i don't know i mean i i guess i mean i think that this episode was kind of all about um knocking over the apple cart when it comes to track records and report cards like i feel like in some ways like all of the kind of survivor like drama that was happening here about eliminations is like what they've wanted, you know, for all these all-star seasons. And so I kind of feel like, you know, that whole idea of track record has kind of been the story predominantly, you know, except for like rhinestone tank tops and stuff uh, for reasons for someone to stay or go. 
And I feel like it's almost like reinforcing that whole idea before saying, yeah, but all that's out the window, you know? Right, right, yeah. right. And but I it doesn't it, matter, you know? And it, and it's summed up with, I think Monique said it, the only way to be safe is to be in the top. Like, that's yeah. really what it is. Life's not fair, I think, is something that people have been memeing all week because mm-hmm. of the preview of Naomi saying it. I just saw a tweet, uh, and basically it was two big eyes with lips in the middle and then um, stick, 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 stick going down into two high heels. And then it says life's not fair. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. I, I think uh, I'm just looking at my notes. I love that she said, like, I sent Manila home because I wanted to. Right. You know, like I just she's not coming up with all this all this bullshit. And similar to that, like I was ready to call out bullshit on Latrice because like Monique or they all kind of bring up like hey you know when you went home Manila like was a fucking wreck and now Manila's gone and you're good girl what's and and I thought all right come on Latrice own up but I I think she was kind of no bullshit as well she was like listen like I of course wanted to go to the top with her but like it came down to the two of us and you can't have it both ways yeah she was such like an adult in the room and I thought like that's you can't really read Latrice for choosing herself over Manila if it came down to the two of them, you know? Right, right. I will say, watching last week's episode back again, I don't think Manila... I know you said this on the episode, but I think you said, like, oh, Manila was the clear bottom. She wasn't the clear bottom. Like, it was it was fine. Like, she, her and... it was It was the dress that was just kind of basic on both of them. Because otherwise, like the makeup was great. There was a there was a similarity there, right? Like, you know, it's almost kind of just like apples and oranges, and it almost made sense. Like, oh, the two best Judies in the competition are going to be on the bottom as the two best Judies episode, right? Uh, so it it seemed even more forced to put Manila in the bottom, and it seemed even more forced that she went home because it would create such a wave. Monet even picked Manila, like it was going to happen. Who else would you have put in the bottom if not Manila, just based on like everyone on that stage and the quality of looks? Uh, so not Trinity, uh, not Monique. So either Monet or Naomi. Naomi. Either the two who won. <laughs> Wait, didn't didn't they both win the challenge? Uh, yeah, Trini- Mo- yeah, Mon- yeah, yeah. So you would have put one of the top two in the bottom. Instead it would be hard to put. Manila. It would be hard to put Monet. Excuse me. It would be hard to put Naomi in, uh, because she did that whole little transformation, and mm-hmm. there was a lot there. Uh, so yeah, I would have put Monet and Latrice in the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. love Monet. Don't get me wrong. It was a great look. It was a huge transformation. They had a great little dance. But I don't know what I didn't see. Uh, M- Monet was red, and even talked about talked about it on Monet Expose with Jasmine Rice Labeja. Like. There was a lot of contouring that she didn't know how to do because she doesn't know how to paint white people. Like, she says that. So it's just kind of like, well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like, okay, sure. But, like, Manila's dresses were so basic that, like. Yeah, I get that. I I think, I I don't think, I'm not saying that, like, oh, she did a bad job with the makeup or the hair. Like, I'm nowhere to say that. But, like, on All Stars to come out with a look that's just fine when the rest of them are more than fine. It's like, yeah, you're in the bottom. Right. Um, well, so th- yeah. I mean, I don't know. Would you have picked 
based based solely on that challenge, right? Uh, I guess it doesn't matter actually. I I'm crossing my words because I was like, oh, just based solely on that challenge, didn't Latrice do poorer? Because uh, I think Latrice did poorer on that challenge, but uh, it doesn't matter because you know life's not fair and it doesn't matter. It, it's I'm yeah. gonna pick Manila because I wanted to. So at the end of the day, like it it really doesn't matter. But I guess what I'm trying to reflect on is you know. Uh, Manila didn't do that bad that she should have been sent home for it being that bad and I'm glad that wasn't the reasoning yeah I mean I I, I think it's also like you know like this week's lip sync for example just as little you know bit of a boom boom gun just because one queen wins doesn't mean the other queen was terrible right. everyone can be great but someone has to be not as great as everybody else because someone's got to be in the bottom yeah. and it comes down to these details like sure you've got an amazing you know amazing paint and amazing hair but these these looks these gowns are uh just there's there's really nothing there compared to like much more detailed looks even latrice and alexis which i wasn't a fan of the look but it was more specific and more nuanced certainly so it's okay you know but but at the end of the day like yeah, I'm never going to say that, oh, Manila did a bad job painting Michael because it was beautiful. Right. So, like, it, to say someone should have gone home is not to say they're a bad, they did a bad job, necessarily. Okay, and I think, you know? I, yeah, and I think that's important to state. I, uh, I just think as fans of this show, it's like we can celebrate Naomi and just because Manila go, goes home doesn't mean we hate Manila. Or just because, you know, Monet fucks up one week and we call her out on it doesn't mean we hate Monet or that we're bad people. There's another thing. I think uh, Miss Cracker said it. She's like, there's lots of lots of podcasts, lots of recaps on YouTube that have opinions about Drag Race. That doesn't mean that we hate them more that we're bad people. It just means we have opinions on it. And we're not sending yeah. hate towards those queens. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think you know. I was thinking about this. I think like, we've we've we, we go ahead. So I was gonna say, I just I think that's become even more and more important to kind of reinforce for people like Miss Cracker or ourselves or other podcasters or or recappers. Like, you're not gonna be able to stop people sending hate. You can be one less person who endorses that kind of discourse. You know, like I just think it's so easy to do. The recap podcast, whether it's about Drag Race or something else, where all you do is just talk shit about them. Like, right. that's easy. Like, people, any fandom has that. And I think what it does is it normalizes that behavior. And mm. I think, like, we're not trendsetters or anything, but I think that we've, you and I have stuck to a decision that, like, we're always going to see these people as human beings. We might read them sometimes. We might, right. like, get critical. I might say some nasty stuff about Eureka, but I'm never going to wish, like, harm on her. I just find her choices not always the best um, right and there are going to be listeners that hear us and be like oh they're so negative because we didn't agree with them and that's fine okay. you know it, it's like yeah. okay um oh it, yeah it, it we sucks, got like a negative but... itunes we got a negative itunes review because we agreed with the vixen it's like okay well that has no bearing on the quality of our show you just don't like that we agree with her but we right. got a three-star yeah. review anyway, so go figure. <laughs> um, let's keep talking about this episode, uh, if you don't mind. Um, I Naomi, guess I'm here. Uh, they walked back into the workroom the next day. I don't know if you caught Naomi doing Superstar, uh, Marika oh. and Gallagher. Did you catch this? Uh, uh, it was kind of hidden. It was kind of hidden by Monique and Monet singing. No, so, yeah, no, I missed it because I was watching that and Trinity kind of trying to clap along. Um right. I do <laughs> we jumped ahead just a little that I, I don't want to miss a couple important things. One is uh 
before we get to the opening credits when Monet does that thing where she just holds the lipstick up to the camera. I oh. I really would love to see that be a meme where whatever is on the lipstick is something. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like it was such like a little meme moment that maybe not won't happen, but I'll try my best. Um, clearly, you're not compelled by the idea. Uh, well, I've I, seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it before. Like that. There, that's a meme where you know it just shows. I just think the way I think Monet anything. doing it was kind of giving us a template to to do that meme yeah uh and then obviously every episode now uh and at this point i'm now kind of forgetting to watch the episode in another lens than this i'm looking for the best supporting actress moments and Mm. so the only reason i'm really rolling us back is because we don't want to miss our first best supporting actress nominee um and that of course is for trinity taylor uh giving us a raspy i'm nervous i'm nervous i just i don't know what that i don't know why but uh, it was you sim- can you can love it, Mary. You don't have to apologize. But it, it, it's like when she said about Gia Gunn, she's worse. It's <laughs> <laughs> which I think I would go back and yeah, give a best Gia's supporting actress. Let everybody have it. Yeah, I would give her the Oscar just for she's worse. But our first nominee is Trinity's. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Uh, yeah. And anyway, now we are next day workroom. Uh, and yes, I did miss Mary Catherine Gallagher, but. Um, yeah, she she smells her fingers and then goes down on one knee and says superstar. Completely missed it. I yeah, I watched it twice okay. and missed it. Yeah, that's okay. Naomi, she's so forgettable. No. Oh, stop it! <laughs> um, People are gonna say that we're mean. <laughs> I know, right? We're so judgy. Uh, I really liked when they were kind of talking about <clears throat> what the top four would be, and then. Monique said she wanted a highly melanated top, and I was like, me too, girl. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why no one else jumped on that one, but I was like, anybody? They didn't didn't go to top and bottom at all. Yeah, right. No. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, it was an interesting moment. Yeah, Trinity, what's it like to be white? Uh, Calling out... Calling out the optics of that situation, I think, was uh, a choice for the editors that was, you know, well-intentioned and good. Yeah. yeah, and I think also, like, I it just goes to show, like, how clued in Naomi is. Like, that that's such a smart joke because that is, that is such a great moment to take to finally flip the script of, like, so what's it like to be black? Like, can I yeah, touch your hair? You know what I mean? It's, like, yeah, it's, it's very much a Mean Girls moment, right, where it's like, oh, my God, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. Right, right. So I, I just – I appreciated uh, – and I wish because it comes up a little bit later, you know, after they – when they're getting ready for the runway, I wish that conversation came up more about, you know, kind of looking at like, okay, well, let's look at the demographics of what we got right now. Well, yeah. it certainly came up in the, 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 what's it called interview, the brick interview. Oh, the build, the build interview. Build, sorry, brick. Uh, the yeah. build interview. Yeah. I mean, Naomi was the first one. It makes me not confident that Naomi wins. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, at this point, it's and I, this is totally jumping ahead. We can talk about this at the end, but I'm I feel like Trinity is killing this competition, but I don't think she's gonna win, and only for one reason. And I I don't mean that as like a problem. I just think like I don't know what Drag Race is gonna do when they show that for the All Stars Hall of Fame, and it's another blonde white queen. I just don't think that's gonna happen. Oh, I, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't think people I mean I don't know you can't take the crown away from Trinity she did great no I know that's I'm not saying that they should or they shouldn't I just think this is a real it's a real thing like it's a right oh it's a real thing it's not a real dynamic right totally totally it's a real thing uh yeah and there's gonna be lots of arguments I mean Shea Coulee 
versus Sasha Valor, right? Like it, it, those conversations are going to keep happening, and mm-hmm. you know they have to because uh, the optics are very interesting, um, especially in our world today. Um, yeah. The the maxi challenge, uh, we get another Rue Hollywood story, you know, another send up to season seven, which I thought was interesting. Um, and this is our acting challenge. Uh, yes, this is our acting challenge. I um, I do want to give Monet a moment of appreciation for her strappy dress and sneakers. I love her uh, gender bending workroom fashion. I also am curious your thoughts on the Sex and the City franchise. I don't think we've ever really talked about it. Are you a we fan? Really, um, am I a fan? So I've watched most of the series. I've mm-hmm. watched the first movie. I couldn't get through the second one. Uh, full disclosure. Um, but the the first one, I mean, I think notoriously, I had not watched it, and then I watched it. And did I text you about that moment? Christ- that moment. That moment with Kristen Davis. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. She no. spent the entire season being the most boring character, only to get the best moment in the movie. Oh God, I have that on my phone. I have the whole sequence videoed. I yeah. also have a GIF of it. Like I, Kristen Davis in that moment is like, "Oh, you came out, Miss uh-huh. Thing. Oh you, yeah, you really, you what is it? You really you tore it up, Miss Thing. Yeah, you tore it up, Miss Thing. Oh my God. I know. Uh, I know. Um, I that so was. My, yeah, my yeah. thoughts on my thoughts on the series. Uh, I think it's very entertaining. I think it, you know, shaped a a generation uh, for good and bad. Um, I think it empowered a lot of a lot of women, some gay men. I think fashion was like a big part of that show. That was really positive. Um, it was also very clever, very well written. There's a lot of iconic things that happen in that show. Um, the only problem I have with that show, kind of looking back on it and talking, I mean, this is also a very sensitive subject because people fucking love that show and yeah. they love those characters. And I can get all of that. So I'm just challenging another perspective. But all of those characters are completely self involved and completely narcissistic. And they, all of their problems are huge. Meanwhile, like, they're very, very wealthy white women living on the Upper West Side. And it's kind of, yeah. you know, so it, it, it seems now, looking back, just a little tone deaf. Uh, but it, it was, you know, it's its own world. It was its own thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, to I find clear, it was the Upper East Side. That's oh, excuse how me. rich that's, white women they were. Yeah. That's so rich, right. And so yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, that character of Carrie Bradshaw, I mean, she... God, she messed up so many times. Uh, and there was something about her that you still just kind of loved. But like she she sometimes wasn't a very good friend. She was often a very, you know, bad partner in crime. Um, and yeah, I think watching people fuck up is great. But they're uh, the, the most redeeming character was Samantha. And she was also terrible. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I need to get into it more because uh, this is just a very superficial reaction. So not sure. to say anything because they all have heart. Uh, Cynthia Nixon's character is wonderful. Um, and uh, they they were also very wealthy, strong, successful, educated women, which is also something that was great on that show. So there's a lot of perspectives to have about Sex in the City and why it's important. And it's important to have, you know, uh, lots of perspectives. I think it's okay to have opinions. I I never I've seen them I've seen the movie I haven't seen the sequel I've heard it's terrible so I'm not gonna bother. Um, I 
I've seen uh, fits and starts of the show. I've kind of jumped in and out of seasons. I, I remember, I think I'd watched like maybe the fourth one. I've seen a lot of that. And then I think I tried to go back and watch the first one. It was like, oh my God, was this the 80s? Like, is this 1993? It was right. so, it yeah. feels so old. And all um, of their conversations were about men, which is also another yeah. kind of old thing. It was kind of like, oh, really? Come on, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think a lot of it feels like, you know, and I'm curious to hear from people who, uh, who watch the show, who were big fans, especially if like, I'm I'm very curious about folks who were kind of like, you know, in their 20s watching this, like f- identifying with it in real time, having a show that's talking about what's going on in their life while it's happening, because like that was not my experience because I was younger and not watching it. So I it, it, there's things that I could like kind of judge off the bat without even being fully informed about it. Like, I want to jump to that place of, like, here's these, like, you know, rich white ladies on the Upper East Side, except for Samantha, who lived in, you know, the meatpacking district, uh, which is just as expensive. Yeah. And, you know, it's like that doesn't just mean just as appropriate, meatpacking. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. It's fitting that she'd live in the meatpacking district. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I also could understand that, well, maybe it could have been more diverse economically, racially, whatever. Uh, I could see the value in telling stories that no one else was telling on television before. So I feel like maybe it wasn't a perfect show or it was a show of its time. But I'm, I'm curious to hear from people, you know, who love it or hate it. um, Just have stronger opinions than us. Cause I think we're kind of like, well, you know, I mean, eh, you know, all right, Mary. Yeah. It's all right, Mary. Exactly. I, I, I I like it and I see other sides of it, but yeah, I, you know, if it's on, I'm not going to, like, turn it off. It's not boring. It's not um, boring, I it's, yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah when and, I get you know, sucked in, I get sucked in, yeah. Yeah, and I like those characters. I do. I do like the characters. I love Samantha. Like, I love Samantha. Yeah, and I'm yeah. Miranda, of course. I, I also, I've always liked Miranda. Oh, um, okay. Carrie, I've never really liked, to be honest. And do I don't know what really that's about. Do people really love her? That's why it was weird when Michelle was like, people love Carrie. I'm like, really? Yeah, I thought people ever- didn't like Carrie. <laughs> Yeah, she was saying, like, every single girl wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw, and I thought, ooh, I feel like any absolute statement like that, especially, like, <laughs> in this paradigm, in this world, doesn't work. I feel like there are at least immediately ten women are standing up saying, oh, oh, excuse me, with the cat glasses and, well, not the boobs anymore, we need to talk. Yeah, <laughs> I am deeply right. offended. Right, well, she's, yeah, right. <laughs> deeply yeah. offended. Um uh yeah so anyway that's the maxi challenge sex and the kitty girl three it's very clever uh they're gonna do you know behind the scenes about trying to make the third one happen and then it doesn't happen um again we get this thing where they can't use the characters names so they have to use sjp kristen davis cynthia nixon or cynthia uh kim and keijo uh keijo being added because i think she's just like a friend of RuPaul mm-hmm. and it was you know something of an iconic episode uh do yeah. you remember that episode I do I remember that I would have loved to see a Magda but what are you gonna do <laughs> <clears throat> well you know yeah uh uh Candace Bergen was in that episode oh yes yeah uh, Amy Sedaris was like her her publicist or something or right. agent right. uh yeah I mean I I'm gonna say this up front you know my best girlfriend's drag queen's wedding uh colonoscopy challenge from all stars three was not good this like it was not great it was poorly scripted but i kind of got that what they were doing and it kind of stayed in its lane this was uh, unless this was some kind of mulholland drive situation where i'm supposed to be confused i like at, at a certain point not to jump ahead i was like wait a minute 
Now, in at the Met Ball, is this the actors or the characters? Like, it stopped making sense. Yeah. This was one of the most poorly written acting challenges they've ever had. I don't understand why they can't hire better writers for Emmy Award winning VH1 funded RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. I don't get it. It's not hard. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence, right? Because, yeah, there was a lot of flaws with this. It was not the worst acting challenge that they wrote. I thought Breast World was much worse. Um, oh, I, I just I feel like as terrible as Breast World and the my best girlfriend's drag friends challenge, whatever it was, uh, it, like it it stayed. It's like it was like when we we did Rat Race for our Matreons for Patreon. Terrible movie, but it stayed in its lane, so to speak. It, like the characters remain the characters. The terrible story remember, remain the terrible story. Like it never broke logic. It never had plot holes. You know okay. what I mean? I mean, obviously the only. The only time it kind of broke was, yeah, when it went to the Met Gala and it was like, okay, what's going on here? I think, honestly, just a hot take, that was added on because there was a clown runway that they didn't do. And it's like, oh, how are we going to get this in? Let's, well, okay, we'll add it into this ridiculous acting challenge and then have this slapstick ending um, because that's all it was was just a slapstick ending it became ridiculous I think we can also accept ridiculousness like if you watch this show live in the bar like it's just for laughs it's who cares about the content at this point you know what I mean I guess but I, I guess what I would I guess what I would say kind of countering that is like yeah, but what if it was ridiculous and made sense? You're right. You're right. I'm not arguing with that at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I also because I, I think also, that's totally. I guess possible. I just don't care. I don't care as much. Uh, I thought that there was. I, yeah. um, I thought for whoever wrote this, right? I, I'm assuming it was like a team of people. Whoever wrote it, I I thought that they actually. I don't know. They must have been a huge fan of Sex in the City because they they got a lot of these characters like on the nose, particularly SJP, Kristen. I think Kim Cattrall, uh, Samantha is like easier. Um, I think that maybe Cynthia was harder to do, but uh, I just found like they, they got the tone of these characters really, really well. And yeah, the, the content and where it went was bad, but I don't think, I don't think that it was so awful like they were clearly fans of sex and the city it was there were a lot of inside jokes inside of the writing and that yeah. may, that might have been why it got a little weird i think that i saw i saw the nuances that i liked in when they would cut to the talking heads of the actors and whatever the description underneath would be there were some good gags in there and i thought okay well there that's the tone that that i think is funnier I don't know. I mean, I just, yeah, I just, I disagree. I, I think it was, um, I think it was really messy. And I, I guess I feel like your concept has to make sense. The container has to be solid so that whatever nonsense is going on inside the container can go on un uninterrupted. But when the container has cracks in it, then I'm both distracted. Then I'm watching the, the nonsense inside of it. And I'm like, oh, but I don't even think this all works. Like, the only crack I saw was when it went to the Met Gala. Can you talk about any other cracks? Yeah, like I think, I think the the idea that like Kim Cattrall was doing like um, product placement. It's like, but you have a script, so like obviously you couldn't do that anyway. Like there were things like that where it was like, what's going on right now? What are we filming? And like, is it improv? Is it who's the is is Sarah Jessica Parker supposed to be the director? Right. 
it didn't make i mean obviously ross is the director of the segment it just didn't make sense to me what was happening and i think you can do this concept of sex and the kitty girl but this convoluted like meta and mockumentary e true hollywood story behind the scenes of seeing red web content thing <laughs> is just like not to keep saying this but like pick a fucking lane you know yeah pick a lane yeah i don't know i didn't think it was as unsuccessful as a lot of people thought but uh i you know it wasn't the best one that i've seen i think one of the best ones was like Ruko's Empire. Um, yeah. Or like the... I 902 mean, and I, Ho was even better. Yeah. 902 and Ho is great. I mean, I always think of the like, even though it's a commercial, I always think the the, the Country Critters challenge in a way. Oh, acting challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the season four Queens in the prison episode that oh. get this queen this nuts away from my face. I think that's always been considered the most successful. Well, because some of them were so bad that it was good, right? Yeah, Kenya, you like the smell of fever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's fine because we still talk about it. We still Ew. laugh about it. Yeah, you're Ew. right. You're right. You're right. You you're know, right. like it can yeah. it can go awry and be great. Right. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. Uh, again, your your point of like can we get better writers to write these scripts? It's like, yeah, why don't they? Uh, of course they could. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, until they need to, they won't. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if there are writers out there right now who've written brilliant spec scripts, you know, for a challenge like this. Oh, you know? sure. Like, sure. This exists. Yeah. I have no doubt. Um, well, Mary, get to it. Start writing. I'm a girl. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm putting Quill to parchment, baby. I am all over this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, so there's a quote that I wanted to talk about with Monique just briefly. I don't think we have to tangent too much for sake of our listeners. But uh, uh, Monique says, you know, Naomi's like, oh, I've seen all these episodes. You know, I'm a big fan of the show. And Monique says, oh, my mom didn't want me watching cable HBO. Maybe a boob or two would have helped me. I wrote that down, too. I'm glad you're bringing it up. Go for it. Okay, so I just think this is a popular phrase with with gay men that, yep. oh, uh, oh, yeah, maybe had I had an older brother who was watching porn or, you know, taught me about girls, like maybe that would have helped me. Oh, if my dad was more in my life, maybe that would have helped me. This idea that being gay is a product of not being helped. Like, we mm -hmm. needed help to not be gay. And it's a paradigm, right? I don't think Monique, like, believes this, but it came out of her mouth, so I think it's worth investigating because it comes out of us all the time without us even realizing it, that we mm -hmm. are thinking of our queerness as a handicap, as something that <laughs> actually isn't helping us or is a product of our lack. And yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Go ahead. Oh, no, I mean, I agree. I, I wanted to bring this up in the same way of like, I'm not trying to belabor a point. I just think it's a, it's it, it. We wouldn't be all right, Mary, if we didn't say, oh, what if what if we talked about this idea for a second? Right. It's like I've made that joke as well. Like I, <clears throat> I don't remember who it was. A friend of mine, we used to joke that like, you know, uh, be, being turned gay because your mother hugged you too much as a child, things right. like that, you know, and like making those jokes very self-aware. A lot of it is kind of. In a way, it's kind of healing from those ideas that probably Monique heard constantly growing sure. up that something will turn you gay or keep you straight or whatever. Right, right. And so, I mean, it's a it's a I understand why she'd make a joke of it, because it's like this stupid notion she's heard. And she's kind of almost mocking her mother in a way. But but I think underneath all of that is you're still making the joke that for some reason we still reach for that and 
it's just it's worth at least questioning what we're saying in that moment. Yeah, and, and, and even I, if we're joking, you know. Yeah, and I can attest. I know I'm just one person, but saw lots of boobs on TV. Saw showgirls very very young. Had the Spice Channel, you know, that was uh, fuzzy, but I still watched it. And let me tell you, Mary, didn't quote unquote help me, but in many ways. Yep. It helped me a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Because sometimes you'd get a butt shot and that late time showtime softcore erotica that I used to stand and watch. It helped me realize I feel nothing and I want the man. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Oh, yeah. You were you were just doing a little bit of like a dye test, you know, like an allergy test right. to see if this was going to cause a reaction. No swelling, mama. No swelling. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I was like, oh, man, that woman is gorgeous. I want to be her. <laughs> yeah. Look at, look at her hair. Look how she throws it around. Oh, well, she has that big throbbing cock inside of her. <laughs> she looks great in that top. I want yeah. him to take it off me. <laughs> yeah. And he looks great in her. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, uh -huh. just, just to kind of pause on that second, because I think, yeah. it's worth, I think it's worth mentioning that we have to stop. I don't know. In the words of kind of Nanette, right, or Hannah Gadsby, it's like, when can we put that away? When is that not yeah, comedy yeah. anymore? You know? Right, right. I mean, I, I think it's it's worth at least bringing up to kind of, because I think a lot of queer folks have made that kind of joke. And it's worth at least just kind of saying, oh, what's that coming from? What am I what am I pulling this from? And right. maybe you're just like, I'm just making fun of a dumb notion that yeah. things could make you gay. And cool. You've done a little self-examination. Go on with your day. Yeah. You know? Maybe a boob or two would have helped me. And maybe it a boob or two would have helped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so moving on, um, Naomi yeah. takes the largest role, uh, which, you know, I, that's, again, her taking risks and whatnot. And she also loves Sex in the City. Uh, and then we get Trinity versus Monet because they both want to play the slutty one. Uh, I, I do love that line. I feel like I can be very slutty as well. And then Monique's like, yeah. And she does sound kind of, you know, manly. And Monet says, very. And then gives her this, like, look that I just thought mm -hmm. was a great little nuanced look of, like, hmm. Like, thanks for mm -hmm. helping, but also kind of, like, I don't know what that meant, you know? Right. Yeah, it was a little bit of body language. There was right. a lot of that. I feel like Monet and Monique were kind of doing a few looks back and forth to each other during this conversation. Right. Um, I want to just mention... Uh, before we kind of obviously this is going to take us into our rock paper scissor but um I, a nuance that i really liked was naomi talking about taking sjp and wanting to kind of prove herself and she says you know she's wanting to let, let them know that i am here i am present i deserve a crown and it brought me back to one of my favorite season two quotes tyra sanchez's sanchez's i know how to love and how to give and how to celebrate remember that one or how to live yes. and celebrate i never know what it is but i always just love the rhythm i know how to love and how to live and how to celebrate especially with this cocktail um <laughs> and so any opportunity to say that quote again i'm gonna take so that's sure. why we're doing this okay good for um you. <laughs> now uh yeah so this takes us to a rock paper scissor challenge which was somehow the most dramatic rock paper scissor oh my challenge God, whatever in the like history of rock paper it was like they were rock, teaching paper, us how to play rock, paper, scissors. You know, I felt like yeah. it was uh, RuPaul being like, no, I know you kids don't know how to play rock, paper, scissors. Right. Because it's not on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was drama that I think the editors were like, all right, what can we do here? Um, the other thing that I'm wondering if you caught 
was how how manufactured was this drama between Monet and Trinity when one of Kristen's lines was being the mother of a daughter of color? Well, that's what was kind of confusing because I think well, that was what was weird about having four black queens and one white queen play five very white women in a challenge <laughs> is jokes like that don't really make sense anymore. Um, because I guess the idea is that Charlotte, well, Charlotte's character had like adopted like an Asian oh, child. Oh, I, I thought I thought Kristen Davis had the baby. Samantha has the baby, has has Brady. And no, or not Samantha, Miranda. sorry, Miranda. Yeah. Yes, Miranda has. Uh, right. With the vibrator. OK. Um and uh okay right right i think i i think i yeah this is all something i forgot about right yeah so it was i mean yeah it was it was a weird moment okay Um, okay and i feel like monet was like well this is the script i've been given so i'm gonna make this line all right all right so then this was so this this could have been an actual uh debate between trinity and monet i thought it might have been kind of fabricated because like of course a black queen had to play Kristen Davis because of this. Oh, Oh no, no, no. I think, uh, I think if anything, okay, just that dumb. character yeah. that more proved why Trinity probably should have played her, but what do you do? Life's not fair. Yeah. Life's not fair. That's right. Uh, so yeah, so Cynthia is Latrice. She plays the lesbian. Um, you know, Monet, Monet kind of, you know, she obviously has to concede to Trinity and she's like, yeah, I'll play Kristen. And she has this very Alexis Michelle moment. I don't know if you call uh-huh. it. She's like, I'm an actress. Let's go. I, I could do any of these roles. You know, these fucking New York queens. They're like, <laughs> I could do it. I could do anything. It's fine. I could ride the subway. I could take the path. I could take a bus. We get it. You take public transportation to your gigs. Oh, God. Um, get that I, Uber I, money, girl. <laughs> I also thought it was weird how Naomi, while they were reading the script, says about Cynthia Nixon she's like oh she sounds like a lesbian it's like girl I thought you knew this show like you didn't know Cynthia Nixon was a lesbian yeah are we on a different show yeah. I mean yeah it's a little weird I, well you know I think what seemed to me like sort of an act act one almost act two gun was when Latrice was like oh I hadn't really read her description so I wasn't really sure everything about her before we started reading the lines and uh, to me that felt like one of those one of those cardinal sins of drag race, like the queen who like isn't prepared or who has not done the time to get to know her character, um, like is going to go home. And it's not that she's because of that, she's going home. It's just in the edit. They're going to show us that. Yeah. They want to prepare. And then that almost like justifies it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Um, Yeah. um, Monique's Cajo. Tell me she was doing Trinity Taylor as Caitlyn Jenner, right? Oh, I, I had like it was, just I was getting a more ghost. of a sling blade situation. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. no, no, it was Caitlyn Jenner. It was like you look like you just seen a ghost. Like it was. <laughs> I don't know how you girls way. walk in those shoes. Yeah, I don't know how you girls walk in those things. <laughs> oh gee, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what her cage was at first. It was this like oh, a lot of miles, sweetie. You know, that's all it yeah. was to me. Uh, and I loved you look it. Like loved you it. just seen a ghost. Yeah, she was doing kind of a can opener mouth. You know. <laughs> Though, can I just say, I, I, I wish I put on the subtitles or I looked this up, but she was talking about the church plays she did. And she's like, I don't know if any of you have done the Easter Katata. Is it Easter? <laughs> it's, it's a kitchen situation. It's Easter Cantata. 
It's like a singing thing, like cancer. Like, uh, well, like, a, a cantata is, uh, you know, uh, a form of music. Like a okay, so this is a word. You knew, you knew what she was saying. Yeah, a cantata is. Yeah, it's it's like it's like a symphony, right? You have okay. a cantata. I I had no idea. So it was like Easter. So I thought she was saying, yeah, you know, Easter cantata. And I was like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Easter cantata. That is a great <laughs> track name. <laughs> yeah, this Easter cantata gives great oratorio, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a rotten egg ultimately, but <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very large scale if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't. <laughs> or what does March say? I don't, but I love hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Of course, from our latest Matron episode where we did Homer's Phobia yes, from The Simpsons Homer's Phobia. featuring John Waters. Consider this a native ad in a way for Patreon.com backslash All Right Mary. All right, Mary. Um, All right, Mary. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yo, yeah, that's what a cantata is. No, I mean, I know exactly what she's talking about when she's talking about those church plays. I was in every year uh, because I was part of like the youth group, we did Stations of the Cross. Oh, yeah. We used to do Stations of the Cross. And that was like every year it became more of a production and like more dramatic at the end. We were like, oh, let's turn all the lights out in the church. And it was it was like this big thing. Um, I once saw my friend Matthew in a production at his church of Jonah and the Whale. And it was a musical. It was fabulous. <laughs> did they have like a big paper mache whale that he like jumped into? How did that work? Oh, honey, it was worse than that. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, I uh, I'm sorry I missed it. Uh, um, I, I has also it been licensed to MTA. Can uh, schools do it now? <laughs> MTI. Um, MTI. Uh, no. Oh. So so my publishing company. We also have many many kind of Christmas church plays and musicals and it there's it's certainly a genre of community theater that monique is talking about where like yeah you actually don't smoke but you pretend that you're smoking on stage of course right? you can't smoke in the church yeah, yeah. No, no um oh and the mta that's the public transportation system subway fish sorry i was yeah, just subway fish. showing off my knowledge because you know i'm always riding the train in my, in my drag uh, yeah you know what uh, mta stands for motherfuckers touching my ass <laughs> yeah amen um <laughs> some scissors scissors for you some rocks paper scissors scissors um so, uh, oh, you know, I wrote down just acting challenges a staple now, um, and you know, I wrote down Breast World, Nine Hundred Two One Ho, the rom com one from whatever All Stars Three was, uh, Ruko's Empire. Is the sequels this considered the one from uh, All Stars Two? Yeah, I would say the sequels one is All Stars Two. What was Season the one where they? Oh, that was sequels with Katya as the zombie with Detox. Yeah. yeah. Season okay. five was probably the telenovela. Oh, that one was great. With uh, the orgasm, season six yes. was obviously the Scream Queens. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Season seven is the only one that didn't really have an acting challenge because they had to like write well, their own music. queer. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, what Keisha is Keani. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shikiani. What yeah. was, uh, oh man, Pearl. Pearl is the Butch Dyke cheerleading yep. coach. Uh, Banging into the tree. Yeah. Pinball Pearl. Um, yeah. <laughs> Pinball Lizard, because she was a snake on the runway. Uh, <laughs> 
instead of pinball wizard. Anyway, now that oh, I've explained God. the joke. Um, all right, thank you. Now it's funny. Um, all right, yeah, so now it's funny because I butchered it. So, uh, other thoughts. Speaking of native ads, as we move into the filming of this challenge, have you noticed they've now started doing these like incorporated product placements? Way like. Like they're trying to weave it in a lot more than like Rue would do in the past with like the obvious wink and the nod, like the whole. This, um, like, so this you was mean an like the, the wigs? Standard, you know what I mean? Like the wigs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the wigs is kind of like the standard. Like you know, wigs will be you know supplied by whatever or Rockstar wigs and fabric supplied by such and such, but it's similar to how Michelle did that placement for the hand cream last week on the on the judges panel and then ross talking about the standard and and opening soon in london they're doing well, these like the standard one so so they've done this they did this last year with today ticks like i i do yeah, feel it's like a, it's same thing it's, it's big it the, uh it, it the show has become bigger and the advertiser advertisers are expecting and giving more uh so it doesn't surprise me but yeah i think we just you can either roll with it or you can be like, fuck this, you know, and just move on. Yeah, I'm not like having an issue with it. I guess it's kind of unfortunate in a way because I feel like RuPaul was really smart about how to do product placement. He was like, don't try to weave it in. Let right. it stand out. Yeah. Let it look like a big gaudy button if on, the, you're on gonna, the dress. Uh-huh. If you're, yeah. you're going to do something gross, <laughs> do, it loudly. do it very loudly. Well, you know, on uh, What's and the I Tea this episode uh, this past week with Jason Wu – Jason Wu talked about the standard for like a good five minutes with them. Yeah, Did you catch that? No, I haven't listened to that episode yet. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I, I think that if you're going to do it, it's like wink at the camera. Make it obvious that you're selling something. Don't try to like, you know, do that kind of classic advertising model because the show is kind of the, – the platform of the show is that it's smarter than that. They still right. have to do product placement, but they're right. not going to try to fool you about it, you know? Yeah, I wish they did. I wish they did. Um, who knows? Um, I will yeah. say that the women on Sex and the City would not hang out at the Standard in Chelsea. Oh, I I don't – yeah, I mean, it's not is, – I don't – It's not Chelsea. Why? Sorry. It's like – it's the Bowery. It's like basically East Village. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've been there. It seems nice enough. I don't. It's I don't great. really know. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to cook something up at the standard. Uh, oh. Yeah, but um, no. Uh, it, it's fine. It's a great little venue, but um, uh, I don't think that the Sex and the City girls would have hung out there. But anyway, you know, product placement. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the standard was the one that paid. So now they're hanging out at the standard. Right. Yeah. Right. Though I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. No, they, I don't know if they. Was that a stand like a staple on the show that they always went to the standard? Something I wouldn't be surprised if that it wasn't the standard. Was it I the standard? Because isn't there? There's multiple locations in New York too. Isn't there one in the Meatpacking District as well? Like I'm, uh, of the standard, there's the, stand, there's the standard hotel. Standard East. Uh, yeah. Let's look up Sex in the City and the Standard because. I did not. I do don't. This research. I don't want to get assumed. letters that you know. Oh yeah, we probably are going to get letters because they're being I'm written sure. right now. Oh, Carrie Dragshaw hits the standard in Hollywood. Um, the standard Sex and the City culture. Okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, the Standard Hotel. My friend Stephanie, who is even more obsessed with Sex and the City, has a birthday coming up this Friday. Okay, so maybe it is a thing. All right. Maybe. Fine. All right. Yeah. Well. There you go. There's a great um, article from 2009, Public Sex and the Standard Hotel. So, you know, maybe that happens. Oh, is that like people having sex in front of the windows overlooking oh, like the West Side Highway? 
That was uh, a thing in, for a while. Maybe, yeah. Well, I have uh, 20 iconic Sex in the City locations in NYC. You have Carrie Bradshaw's apartment building, the Staten Island Ferry, Magnolia Bakery, Yankee Stadium, Louis K. Meisel Gallery. We're at five. The Low Boathouse. Uh, I know where that is. Um, and then I have to click uh, another. Ugh. Oh, oh, Barney's. Okay, we've seen that. Um, I'm still not seeing the standard. Um, oh, Manolo Blahnik. Oh, okay. oh sure. Um, lo- oh, Limelight, of course. New York Public Library, Columbus Circle, the Plaza Hotel. I think uh, Limelight is now like a cycling studio. So is it? Yeah. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was like a little fashion boutique mall. It used to be, and now it's like a gym. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, Soho House, uh, Pete's Tavern. Uh, yeah, oh, that's right. Soho no, House, I think, is more of like a place. I think that was somewhere they would be on the show because it's okay. more like you have to have a membership. It's one of those things. Oh, oh, wow. St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, um, the Paris Theater, and then that's it. I mean, it, the standard is not on here. So, Mary's, now I'm confident enough to say, please email us and let us know that we're wrong because uh, I want to make sure that we know the truth because I didn't. I don't see these women hanging out at the standard, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, so, yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but because they're not. They're just on a set in Simi Valley, and they're not these women. They're these drag queens playing these white women who don't want to be in this movie. So, so like, none of this is ever going to happen. Oh, God, I just caught our ridiculousness. I love this. I love yeah, it. It's like... <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so I I want to mention, I don't know if you noticed, we got a nice Duncan from season oh. nine cameo. Oh, I was into it. And I thought I saw a Sarge. What? I, think I had I, my... Mary, Mary, there is a shot of the cameraman who's bald. And I'm like, that's a Sarge. Oh, my God. My peepers were so peeled by corneas were raw. And you're telling me I didn't see Sarge. <laughs> oh, we need to stop right now. I just, ugh. More Sarge. I think it was a Sarge, Mary. I think so. More Sarge. Ugh, oh, Sarge. God, yes, I'm Sergeant. saluting right now. Yes, Ugh. sir. Aye, aye. <laughs> aye, aye. Either aye. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> or the third one. I don't care. Oh, shit. Um, so let's Should talk about this that? challenge. Do you want to talk about the rehearsal or do you want to kind of talk about the challenge when we get there? I, I'm wondering what, what you want to talk about. Do you want to talk about them fucking up or what do um, you. So, I, I feel like because the, the way I kind of approached it was like I took the notes from the challenge and then if there was anything left from the final product that kind of added to it that we didn't see covered. I don't want to like retread anything. Right. Me neither. Yeah. But I, I feel like the benefit of talking about the challenge and what I loved about the challenge the most. Um, and I'm just making sure I'm good because. OK, I am because um, I didn't want to miss any best supporting actress moments, but I think they're coming up. <laughs> but I do want to say overall, Ross Matthews as director was uh, a total toot for me. I thought he was great. He was I kind. Just, he was very kind. It didn't seem as put on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he seemed nice. It also seemed like he gave them a chance. And like, if they didn't get it, he moved on. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't being Todrick Hall about it. He was like, and it was like, they would fuck up and he'd say, that's okay. Try again. That's right. fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's a lot of lines. Don't worry about yeah, it. He didn't, it was, he didn't like make them even more nervous. Yeah. No, it was so great. And there was that one moment when, Monet kept stepping on Latrice's line and then Latrice was like if you step on my line one more time <laughs> and then they all just laughed yeah. Ross laughed everyone was just laughing and it was like 
it was such a nice moment. I was like, this is, it doesn't have to be shade noises and like mean critiques every time. We right. can just see them having a good time. Right. It's not bad TV. Yeah. You know? It's not bad TV to see them rehearsing and having a good time. Right. I, that yeah. moment with Monique when she's smoking and pretend smoking and then Monet, obviously an actress, she's like, <coughs> and doing the Kristen Davis coughing. Uh, Ross is like, okay, no, it's not real. Like she's not actually yeah. smoking. Like she can't, she can't light her cigarettes. So don't pretend that there's smoke. Yeah. Right. Don't do the church. This is not an Easter catata. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that church play type acting. Yeah. I just love yeah. that. I love that. I love it's, that. It's such a genre, really. A genre is church play type mm -hmm. acting. Or what I love what they do on SNL when they have like kids playing adult roles. Do you know that uh -huh. sketch where like they do Bareback? Oh, sorry, Brokeback Mountain. Yes, uh, yes. Where it's Vanessa Bayer and she's like, "I don't know how I'm gonna quit you." Yeah, right, like right, that. right. Yeah, she does that. You can't reading. handle the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, working with kids. <laughs> if you work with kids, you know, that especially child actors, like there is a thing that they do, and church acting is the same type of genre. Yeah, it's very earnest. Yeah. Though I think didn't like the Medea plays come out of like church theater. I feel like I, that was I don't where know enough started. about the Medea plays, no. I'm pretty sure like cuz obviously before the the Medea movie started, they were all these stage plays. I, I guess that Tyler Perry wrote. Um but yeah, I think it was like it did the church circuit. So, oh. uh there you go. But I think that's maybe a different it had a message, but maybe wasn't quite the church play Monique was in. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. Um, yeah. So there's let, a little. Uh, yeah, sorry, there, there's just this tiny moment that is almost not even worth mentioning, but it's all right, Mary, and I have to. So Ross is giving Naomi a note the first time about being nicer as Sarah Jessica Parker. This is going to feel like Colin, why are you bringing this up? But if you notice in the background, there's just this funny little human moment of Trinity fixing her bra that I'm obsessed with. And so if you ever go back and watch it, the first time he's giving her notes, she's kind of like looking down, kind of like fixing the front of her oh, bra. Oh, I do remember it. I do remember it. Yeah. It's such a – I have seen a woman do that so many times. It's such a uh, – or a person with breasts nuance. You right, know what I'm right. saying? Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Got to check on the so, girls. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of, you know – Fix the fix the strap, get that little middle part and you know, between the two, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh it just I felt like, oh, this that's what having boobs is like. They're called boobs, Ed. Yeah, yeah. Rest that's in what peace, it is. Albert Finney. Oh, right. Oh man. What a Patreon alum. Ugh. <laughs> Devastated. Fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. Man. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's of course, if you don't know what we're talking about, this is he played Ed Masri and Aaron Brockovich, which is one of our Matreons. Uh. And beyond that, he's a Brilliant British actor who brilliant, has passed yeah. away recently. So bummer. Oh, Every well. once in a while, we celebrate a man on this podcast. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, yeah. So okay, so let's talk about this whole challenge uh, and anything from the rehearsal we can kind of infuse in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I now that I'm looking at it, I don't have a ton of rehearsal notes. Um, My I, rehearsal I mean, most... notes. I I didn't have a ton either, but uh, I did love when Monet was like. Trinity is blowing it. Oh, I knew you'd love that moment. Yeah, that was great. Monet was just like feeling her oats in those talking uh, heads. She loved it. Um, I also yeah. really appreciated uh, Trinity being a, a perfect commentator, being like, all I'm getting is Club 96. Because it was so true. It was the same, yeah. the same type of fashionista kind of vapid uh, person that Naomi was playing. And she, she wasn't taking any notes from Ross. She couldn't adjust. Yeah, it was like, oh, I was suddenly seeing, like, where some of Naomi's limits were. And everybody has them. It was like, okay, there's 
or we're just not getting a chance to see you play a very different character. You know, I'd love to see her do something totally different from this. You know? I, I, I went right back to her talking to Gia Gunn and being like, these acting challenges are up my ass. Like, oh, sure. She knows yeah. these are hard and she's trying to have as much confidence about it as possible, which I think is all you can do. And so for that, I'm like, great. Good, Naomi. Like, at least we're not hearing, uh, who was it, uh, Jennifer Lewis, you know, leave that scared shit at home. It's boring. Like, I don't yeah. need to hear that. I don't need to hear it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like we were saying earlier in the episode that it's like there's nailing the challenge and there's like having an all-star attitude about it. And right. it, it does mean something to be like, well, I took the challenge because that's what you're supposed to do here. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate that more than whether or not she got Sarah Jessica Parker right. Right. I thought Monet, we can maybe talk about Monet. Well, what, we could even talk about each queen's performances maybe because sure. Monet, Monet, and let's start with Monet because I thought she had the Kristen Davis isms. Like I really do. Like there was so much that she was doing with her eyes and with her hands that I thought were right on the money. Like when she said, oh, that's great. And she kind of pushes forward and claps. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's very Kristen Davis. She, we're about to, eat and she does that mouth thing that Kristen david eat where it's like i know big. You mean, the side of her mouth yeah, yeah 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 i know what you're saying i i think that to me like this role it was kind of the stevie nicks princess die black mm. swan from the best drags maids prides weddings challenge uh <laughs> where it's just like you you you're gonna have to there's like a narrow path to success with this role you know, right. and you're likely not going to find it. Right. And, I and, just, and Felicity Huffman, yeah. she spelled it out for you. She's like, sometimes you just have to take that role and do it. And then that's yep. it. Because if she did any more, it would have been bad. That's the thing is I I'm Monet didn't stand out to me in the challenge, but not because of Monet, just because that the role doesn't stand out. She, I, I don't know what else she could have done. And ultimately, yes, I agree. Like you, if Trinity is doing so much and Naomi is doing so much and Latrice is, you know, is just Latrice, then someone needs to give some levels here, especially once Monique comes in, you know? Right, right, right. I thought she did great. I And I don't know. I thought she did great. And, and if anything, her runway is what put her on the bottom, not, not the bottom, but not the top for me. Because okay. I, I when after watching this and I was like, like rubbing my hands together during the critiques and they went to Trinity first and Ross was like, you nailed her. I'm like, no, no, she didn't. I don't think she nailed Samantha. I thought she had Samantha isms and like was able to do it. But then when they got to Monet, I'm like, no. And that's when I turned into Kristen Davis in the sex and the city movie when I was like, no, no. Yeah. Like no. To the judging panel and being like, you cannot take her because this was a fine performance. Fuck off. Fuck all the way off. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just, am I, I just an apologist? Am I, I, maybe I'm just an maybe. apologist. Maybe. I mean, well, you know, I don't know. I just, I think that to me, it wasn't necessarily that Monet was so like amazing in the role, but like, I don't know what she could have done that I kind of felt like, yeah, I don't she know. Had, other I, people had to fuck up. Other people had to fuck yeah. up. Yeah. Essentially, I just I don't really know what else she could have done. And I think that it's also really a thankless role when you have to be the person who's getting annoyed or bothered. It's kind of for like bad actors. It's a it's a dead end because yeah. bad actors or people who like don't can't find nuances. You know, I'm not trying to say I'm not one of those people. Uh, 
they, they you go to the obvious. It's just like you go to that child acting, like being in a huff about something and like right. rolling your eyes and grumbling. It's never funny. It's not yeah, funny. It's like a, the, it's the a reaction, crutch. It's, the reaction, We, me and my friend uh, David in college used to laugh whenever we would go to some bad college theater shows like mm-hmm. that were – uh, like written by uh, by students there's always the and, and then they uh-huh. storm off stage and it's just like oh god that is it's poor writing oh yeah it, and it reminds me of and this happened a lot in high school but when you're turn in a on musical what's that oh hi um Hi. Uh, so it reminded me, like, in high school, like, if you had, like, a group number, like, with everybody's on stage, or not even necessarily a group number, but a group scene where there's lots of, you know, the townsfolk around watching something happen. <laughs> it's that choice of, of background acting where you look at the other person and furrow your brow and, and mutter some fake words like, oh, I don't know about this. But, like, you're just trying to create a scene, but everybody does the same thing. It's very or, – oh, go ahead. Oh, just in a heartwarming moment, they'll always be like – Someone who like puts their hand on a child and they share a look, or like a couple that'll like aw each other. It's, it's very to me uh, to to bring it to the comeback. It's when Valerie gets the note during the photo shoot from Tom, who's like, "We just need you to be, you know, like disapproving." Like, mm. right, right, exactly. It's that. It's like be disapproving. I think that kind of sums <laughs> up is be this now, yeah. be that. Right. Yeah. Right. Be this. Uh, yeah. I. <laughs> In terms of Trinity as Kim Cattrall, I, I mean, it's so funny how much they didn't show us in the rehearsal that we end up seeing in the final product. Right, exactly. You'd have no idea how she did. I think that she was – I don't know. I didn't mind – I didn't mind it. I think Monet would have probably nailed it, Yeah. whereas I think Trinity found enough of it to work. Trinity was okay. She wasn't terrible on the second watch. On the first watch, I'm like, no. No, yeah. this isn't Samantha. This is like a version of Samantha. But granted, like, again, like, I get that this is drag. It's fine. It's not that serious. It's like, okay, the jokes are kind of funny. But if we're, if we're, if Ross is going to give her a compliment of like, you got it. I'm like, well, no, she didn't get it. Right? Like, yeah. I'm just, you well, know, I'm, I almost I'm, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I almost got it. Yeah. Well, I almost got it. Yeah. Um, there was, it's just, the, it wasn't. It wasn't that she didn't get like the vocal inflection. It was the timbre of her voice that I think was missing because you even saw it in the rehearsal between Ross and Trinity. She, she didn't do it. Ross has this like, right. Even Monet knows to kind of open up the back of your mouth with Samantha. But Trinity was like, Oh, I have to talk lower. Right. And there's a, there's a difference there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see like where you, ha- where you have to round your, the back of your throat in a way, she's kind of just like, I'll just go down. Like, right, right, right. She goes like, the wrong direction. I think yeah. the, the, the line that got me the most was when she says, because she almost got it. She goes, uh, the line is, in the Samantha voice, is, what? Once you start making sex puns, it's hard to stop. Right? It's just very, mm-hmm. I, it, I think of uh, SNL, Christina Aguilera doing some Yes, makeup. exactly. Do that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I have yeah, a confession yeah. to make, too. I'm a dude, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which would have worked on this challenge as well, you know? <laughs> right, like, there's so right. many things they could have done. Um, I just, I think that that maybe ultimately, beyond all these things, because, I mean, I, I still 
my feelings are still pretty strong about this script. You know, I just, I think the whole challenge was very strange, but um, it just would have been really cool to maybe see more drag in the script mm. and more moments mm. to be draggy and to right. kind of like get kind of absurd, like have to get those nuts away from my face line. Ha like if you're going to have a throwback to something, it doesn't need to be a throwback to Cynthia Nixon running for governor. Sure. Like old news, you know? Sure. Um, it, it just, it, it, I don't know. I just wasn't, I wasn't failing it, but I've already made that clear. Uh, I think that, let's talk about Latrice for a second. Okay, because I just wrote playing Latrice, because yes. otherwise I didn't see anything else. Yeah, I didn't see, I don't know, there was nothing about this that reminded me of lesbian or tough lawyer or uh, butch or whatever they wanted and, and, to play And you out. know what? That's always a a minefield for a drag queen on Drag Race, right? Because I think of, uh, well, what the hell? You know, and I'm a right. strong gay woman. Like, it's right. never Cynthia. worked out. Yeah. It's never worked yeah. out to play a lesbian. So I don't know how you're supposed to, unless, like, you do Courtney Act, right? Didn't what She kind of played a lesbian... Right. Oh, um, yes. She yeah. yes. In Scream Queens, she yeah. was kind of making the moves on. Yeah. She and Bianca were great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, that's an interesting idea. And it'd be kind of cool to like dig in if there's any other moments where. Yeah. Where like playing a lesbian, playing a butch female character is like this, you know, uh, it's a kiss know. of death. Right. Like, yeah. You can't do it. Like it just it doesn't read the same way. Yeah, I mean, I guess Latrice won as the prison warden, you know, in season four. But, I mean, that was like, she was also kind of being Latrice, right? I don't think she was supposed to win that. Really? That I don't, I think she surprised all the producers with that. Do you think there was someone else who was supposed to or just like Latrice suddenly That role, that role. So that was like the Kristen Davis role. Yeah. Uh, Oh, the, do you think the prison warden? Because to me, the prison warden is almost like the the Keijo role. Like it's kind of like who comes in and shakes things up. Who comes in and gets to be a wild card, like Black China. You okay, know? okay, maybe, maybe. But I, I do think that she was surprising. I don't think that mm -hmm. that I think that line "get those nuts away from my face" were it. She created lightning in a bottle. That was all Latrice. Yes. Oh, I agree. I think she she took the line and she took it to space. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I mean, I, but yeah, watching Kenya then play the prison warden and failing miserably as a lesbian. Yeah, it's that's an interesting idea of like the the lesbian or butch, like to just in general to just say playing a more masculine energy sure. or more butch sure. energy. Right. Um, how successful is that on Drag Race? Yeah. 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 Um, how can you do I it think of, properly? Yeah, it makes me think then of even like the the rap challenge in season six. You could say Adore Delano is being kind of butch, right? Like, uh, oh. You know, Look at my it, body not, in this brand new corset. Yeah. And yeah, and she's in like overalls. Like I just I think it's I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think there's so many nuances there. It'd be worth exploring butch drag on drag race. Yeah. How to play butch. Yeah. Male or yeah, female. Yeah, how to play butch. Right? Or, yeah. or something yeah. in between. Yeah. No, I'm uh, anyway, that's uh, Latrice, I think, also got stuck with a hard character. Yeah. I don't really know what she could have done. Well, I at the same time, I don't know what she could have done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I, so Naomi, do you want to talk about her? Yeah, yeah I um, I think you know you were saying before, like she, she kind of she has to play that that conflict with Kim Cattrall, and like that's kind of where some of the nastiness is coming from. 
And I feel like it would have been interesting to her, for her to find the coldness of Sarah Jessica Parker's character from The Family Stone. Oh. Where she's like, I don't care if you like me or not. You know, like, I just think that might have been an interesting note versus this, like, snarly supermodel choice, you know? Sure, sure. I, 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 you know, the I, you've done this impression for me before, but, like, just Carrie narrating has a certain rhythm to it and a certain tone. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, downtown, pause, pause, right. pause, and then I speak, you know? And so th right, and there's, there's – yeah. go ahead. No, just yeah, that there's there's kind of a um, it'd be it, I think it'd be a funny like throw in or a funny way to drag up the challenge where she's always narrating her lines like she's always right. doing that inflection as if she's voiceovering, which would kind right. of play in with her being this executive producer and all that. Yeah, I, yeah. So even when she was like at, at the end, I think she's like, and there we were. You know, dressed mm -hmm. as clowns and with our own clown noses, yada, 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 yada. It's like there was no there was no nuance to what she was saying. And so I'm just like as Naomi, as a big fan of the show, she quotes this all the time with her friends. It's like it's just she doesn't she she didn't execute doing an impression well enough, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like we quote the comeback all the time. But if I had to play Valerie Cherish in a scene, I don't think I'd be very no, I might actually be not bad. But no, I mean, I, don't, I would take that back. But you know what I mean? It's like, I love that, but that doesn't mean that I, to quote the show doesn't mean that you can do it well. Do the I, you, right. There's all sorts of things you can quote. Right. And you just and do that quote voice. That you know? speaks to Trinity's point with Monet. She's like, well, just because you can quote the show doesn't mean you're going to be doing a good impression. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And Monet did a better, could have done a better impression than you. Like, I do believe that. Monet, you know, it was tax season and she had receipts. Yes. yes that she yeah. could have done this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I want to talk just mm. quickly before we move on to Monique. Um, what was up with the free the nipple? Free the nipple that Monet does? Like, it was so weird and, and also very timely because uh, how they didn't blur Adam Levine's nipples during the Super Bowl halftime show. And meanwhile, like, Janet Jackson got red because her nipple was exposed. And then we've mm -hmm. talked on this show about, you know, censorship of Valentina's nipple, but she's a man in a dress. And then they couldn't have the period dress, right? Like they talk right. about, you know, uh, dick sizes for five minutes, but they can't show, you know, a tampon dress. They can have a shot that's just going across a line of men in just in case underwear showing all their bulges. They can't show painted on nipples on a fake bodysuit that right. they told the queens to wear for specifically that runway. Right. It's kind of confusing. <laughs> you know what it's like? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I don't know. I don't know. And I think. Yeah, it just brings up questions. Yeah. When do you blur the nipple? When do you don't? Could you say that? They should have blurred Monet in the workroom later because she was topless and she, you know, uh, she's a curvier girl. She's got she's got a full chest. You know what I mean? Like he's talked about that. It's like you got you got some boobs up there. Wear them. Show them. Yeah. But couldn't you say that? Oh, well, that's that's a raised chest that needs to be blurred. You know what I mean? Right. Um, where it's do you draw about the gender. line? It's all about gender. It's all about what they look like. It's It's and I don't think that they're. Yeah, I think that they don't know the rules. They're just censoring what they think should be censored. It's Anyway, I thought it was worth mentioning just for a second. Um, Monique, to me, was just fun. Like, this was a character that was great and wild. And it, it, sure, it, it could have been 
a fail, but mm -hmm. I think it was easier to be fun with this character. I almost wish that the when her wig came off, that that was all part of it. I thought yeah. that would have been so funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If like yeah, if Keijo and and what a way again to keep bringing in draggy things for Monique's character to have a Monique flaw, sure. you know? Sure. Um, I just I I think that 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 kind of stuff is what makes this memorable and fun, not these kind of like stale jokes about like brunch, you know? Um, and so I uh, yeah, I thought Monique was great. I thought Monique could have gone further and it wouldn't have been too much, mm. you know? Which is yeah. not to say she wasn't enough. It's just. Well, um, Keijo during that scene on Sex and the City, I mean, like, that's 155 percent that yeah, she went. Yeah, 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 and and she, she's just like 155 percent actor. She's right. basically it, she has such drag queen qualities, you yeah. know. Yeah, um, she's fabulous. Yeah, so <laughs> I I liked Monique. I'm happy that she you know was top two this week. I think she earned it. I yeah. think that she, um, yeah, I thought she was a lot of fun. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Her tits I'd... were all over this franchise. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I just couldn't stop like imagining what Monet would have sounded like playing uh, uh, Samantha. Anyway. Yeah, I think it would have been great. Hopefully, maybe she'll on like Monet expose. She'll like give us a little bit more of it. Right. Um, I do want to just say this is just a random thought. I think Monet expose is a great title. I'm just wondering if she ever considered Monet explains. <laughs> Instead of Monet Exchange, Monet. Uh, it's a, it's a. Uh, what is that? A, a, a middle rhyme, whatever they call it. It's not a full rhyme. Oh Jesus! Oh, the tamper was wrong. All right, we'll move on. Uh, whoa, <laughs> whoa! What's wrong with talking about tamper? <laughs> oh Ross my God! Matthews? It's like, well, it's okay. I guess it's fine. Monet explains. I think is is a great title. I think it's a goop. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna... I agree. I think Monet Expose because of the accent. There's yeah, it's nice. I know. I just think if she Monet, ever does Monet another explains. season, yeah, sure. If she wants to maybe just do Monet explains dot dot dot, you know, whatever. Oh right, uh, like tucking, yeah. It's like a new video series. Monet sure. explains. Monet explains. Um, what was the thing that she talked about in season ten that everyone was reading her for? That oh, that British oh, accent. British or accents. Not. Monet explains yeah. accents. Right. <laughs> uh, she can. She, Monet explains aliens. Right. Like yes. she could just talk about aliens. Yeah. Yeah, Monet explains how we're not alone. Yeah, right, 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 right. Love her. Um, I one moment before we move on to the runway, um, the ridiculousness of the clown couture whatever uh, segment. Mm -hmm. um, there's something I love about Monique just going no, no, no. Like, oh, it's just her yeah. at, at at like eight thousand uh, percent screaming. Uh, basically, it was like just be silly. Uh, for this whole segment. Uh, I, you know, if you were in a loud bar, this was funny. Well, you know, I thought that part, it's funny because the Met Ball part, it was such a weird tack on, but I thought that was actually the funnier segment of the whole challenge. Yeah. I thought, I thought Trinity was actually really funny. I thought like she like found her groove, maybe because right. they filmed it two days later once they realized they had to use those clown costumes. <laughs> but, you know, but um, I also, and this is, the, I mean, I was going to mention it later, but I might as well mention it now. Um, Monet, this is actually where Monet Exchange receives a Best Supporting Actress nomination. I love that moment with the hammer when she hammers oh, Trinity yeah. on the head. Clown on it clown was, violence is no laughing matter. Yeah, it was perfect. It was yeah. such perfect timing. Uh, I don't know. I just I, that was such a sweet moment. So I had to give her that a BSA on that one. <laughs> oh well, good, good. Um, let's talk about this runway. Um, 
Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, there's oh, just uh, sorry. Uh, lip, there's just the workroom. Before we get to the runway, just a couple oh, of things. Oh, right. I for, okay, right. Because I'm looking at my notes in a different way. Um, yeah, because we talked okay. about the nuance moment. Yes, 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 yes. We talk about nuance, uh, um, and then uh, we should talk about Latrice, right? Well, so right before that, I, the only reason I mention this is because it's another Best Supporting Actress nominee. There's that moment where um, Monet and Trinity are going back and forth about, you know, uh, whether Monet, you know, Trinity was getting the nuances and all that. And then uh, Monet is like basically questioning her. And Trinity kind of does this thing where she like looks at her and kind of like shakes her head a little bit and turns away and then like picks her nose a little bit. <laughs> it's such a little moment. It's what I, I think – it's like file it under human moments, human moments on Drag Race. Okay. It was such an unproduced reaction where she – it was just this quiet moment of like, okay, whatever, and like turned away and cleared her nostril. Mm. And I just – you know, I love a moment. I love a booger. So, Ugh. yeah, so that got a nomination. <laughs> no, um, are you talking about Latrice's sermon? Yeah, sermonette. Um, she said, you know, she would vote for – who would represent this legacy and actually have a platform and use it for good and not for self-indulgent music videos, a new T-shirt, that bullshit. So I want somebody up there standing next to me who is looking at the bigger picture of what this competition really means and stands for. And that is my sermonette for the day. So here we have a queen who represents so much about Drag Race that we love, kindness and, and uh, royalty, and then she's calling out basically what RuPaul has been promoting queens do, which is to hustle uh, and saying, That's a good point. Yeah. You know, don't Latrice is like, well, use it for good for what this show is about this bigger platform. What do you make of it? You know, I, I, I took the note that, I mean, I think this sermon is beautiful. I think it reflects a lot of sentiments we've had. I think it is, and this is, you know, I, this is just with a, a bit of a bit of salt over the shoulder. But I do think it is ironically slightly self-serving that she's basically saying, like, what I'm doing is what the all star should who who the winner of all star should be is. Sure. Is basically it's like it's like she's saying, I just think the winner of all stars needs to be a tall, heavy set black drag queen who's been to prison, <laughs> is about to get married. You know, like, I just think that's who I want to see win all stars. So, I mean, whoever that is, I'm just saying it's just I. That's it. There was a bit of that, but at the same time, obviously, I, I don't disagree with Latrice. I, yeah. I, I also feel like winning All-Stars is not necessary to have that platform. Absolutely and, not. You can have you know? that platform no matter what, right? Like, Yeah, I, I that's also not think, like— I also think there's some shade towards—obviously, um, you know, there's other problems with Tara Sanchez, but like— Tyra Sanchez got made fun of and poked a lot because it was like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You won the crown. You're doing nothing. You're doing nothing. It's just like, well, what is she supposed to do? Like, what do you want her to do? You know, like, yeah. what does yeah. it mean? Like, what do you, is there a script? Do you have to do certain things besides what your contract says? Like, I don't know. Um, obviously, yeah. Latrice has the point. I, I believe strongly that like Sasha Valor is doing right where she is. Mm -hmm. having a bigger conversation about gender and about sexuality uh, all over the world, right? With her platform yeah. as the winner of season nine. Um, so yeah. What, what, what does it mean to be a winner? Latrice certainly has a point of view uh, that I don't disagree with, but at the same time, I don't shade Queens for also hustling, right? It's like, well, yeah. Okay. Make some, make some coin. 
Yeah, so that you can keep spreading your message. Like, I, right. I think I look back on Alaska and Trixie, like the last two, specifically all-star winners, you know, because beyond, like, winning a regular season, which is much more about getting through the race, there's this idea here of representation as an all-star winner. And, I mean, I think I think Chad Michaels was always doing, you know, professional-level drag before even all-star season four. So I, I, I don't know necessarily what all-stars won maybe – projected him into but you can certainly say that both alaska and trixie have done significant things yeah i mean they've both pushed drag into new territories with their right. careers and, and 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 if you're gonna call i mean alaska's music video is a self-indulgent uh trixie's videos and her album is self-indulgent it's like i don't i don't i don't know if she's is she talking about them you know well that's a good question it's like is she talking about other people in the room? I also think like, but surely Latrice, you have merch as well, right? Like why, why take a dig at something y'all need to do to like pay your bills? Like I think, you know, let's not perpetuate this myth that just because you're on drag race, that you're rich, like right. that you just now have all this money to just kind of sit around and like, you know, or, or just to then just share your message. You can share your message. You can, you can have that fantasy at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you don't can, have to be a, a poor struggling artist, right? Like you can be successful. Yeah. I, th I think that's, you know, it's such an artist's way thing of like, you are allowed to be a, a successful artist and ha make money doing it. Right. You know? And I think it's, it's an interesting concept. I, I just think taking a dig at the idea or suggesting that someone's trying to win just to promote a, uh, a music video and whatnot. It's like, well, that's kind of reducing it. What someone trying, what someone is actually trying to do is like have a career in a very competitive industry, and yeah. I think that like, I don't know. I think all of these queens, just by the fact that they've been on Drag Race, they've all shared stories, they've all shared vulnerabilities, right, they've all right. exposed themselves, you know, in terms I, of like their their flaws and their challenges and their vulnerabilities. So like, they're already doing it. I don't know they've how much bigger. It. I don't know how much bigger the platform for the winner is than for somebody on the season, except obviously the money, uh, which certainly helps. But uh, when you think about like Shangela, it's like doing real well, you know? Yeah, doing really, really well. Monet and Exchange, whether she wins or not, uh, you know, on a Pepsi commercial with Cardi B, right? Like, Yeah, right? I mean, and all of these queens will, will continue to work, will be able to, like any of these top four queens, I think that regardless of whether they win or not, any of them could start doing a one-woman show or whatever kind of, like, thing that they want to be featured in and make it happen. Right. You know? That's kind of the magic of Drag Race is that you don't have to win. You know? Yeah. You just have to use the platform wisely and use your time wisely. Right. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, do you have any more thoughts or do you want to talk about the runway or? Um, no. I think I think that's it. Let's let's go to um, I, my, my first question. I... I, I have you noticed, and there's there's probably a super cut that needs to be made of this, but um, when they have that shot cutting to RuPaul, when the lights go on her and she raises her arm, I would love to see a super cut of that because I think that has gone from an organic gesture to something almost like, you know, push a button and the arm goes up. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Stepford, I, Stepford drag queens. Yeah. 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 Um, I was trying to think of a pun with RuPaul and Stepford, but I couldn't find it, so I gave up. <laughs> That's okay. Um, <laughs> I thought Rupert. Michelle looked. Uh, Sorry, go good. on, go on. Nice try. Um, I tried. <laughs> I tried. You got to try. You got to challenge yourself, like I've done all season. You know what I mean? 
what do we do when we fail? We get back up again. Um, That's right. M- Michelle looks fantastic. Uh, I love oh. this glasses look. She she looks super chic. Um, so yeah, Michelle, Math- I said was. Oh, I said Michelle was too Wang Fu. Thanks for everything, Michelle Visage, because it was very oh, Julie Newmar. Oh, yeah. there you go. Okay, good Julie job. Newmar. <laughs> Julie Newmar. Julie <laughs> Newmar. John Leguizamo. <laughs> too Wang Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. <laughs> Julie Newmar. Uh, it's a great movie. Um, Ross Matthews, um, he talks about his directing debut, and he gets some directorial puns. Did you do what I did? <laughs> And make up more. I yeah. didn't. I didn't. I guess I could do some on the spot. All right. Well, um, I have. I have uh, Martin Horace Stacy. Uh, okay. Um, James I Hammerin. Have, <laughs> I have um, Alfred Bitchcock. Oh damn it! That one's really good. Um, wait. Uh, give me a chance to. And that's some doing on the fly. Let me come up with it. Um, okay. Hold on. I've got one. Um, uh, Oh man, I was trying to come up with a Robert Altman joke. I don't know why I'm aiming so high so early. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm just I'm Gus Van Cant right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I have Christopher. Woody Hull. Allen is just it's Woody Allen. <laughs> oh, Woody Allen, yeah, uh, pedophile. Um, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> um, I have uh, sorry, Brian Singer, pedophile. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're joking about very serious things. Um, yeah, but but so, we're at least making it known. Yes, Brian, yeah. pe- Brian Singer, pedophile. Pedophile, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Christopher Holin, yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, Mike Dickles. <laughs> Wait, I got another one. I got another one. I got another one. Francis Ford Copperfield. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Francis, yeah. Uh, Ford, Ford, uh, oh, 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 um, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's her brother's name? Not Francis, oh, Francis Ford. Oh, Sophia, Sophia Coppafiel, and then yeah, Francis, so- Francis Board Cop- Cop- Coppola, right? Like, I don't know, Board. I'm just, like, trying to think of about a board, a boring director. We're failing. No, no I don't think we How are. How am I going to land this plane, <laughs> You want you want me to take the wheel on this one? Let's see. Let me see what I got. I was I was trying to think of a Martin Scorsese one, and I was like, I can't do that one either. Yeah, um, and there's Horst people Daisy. listening that are like, they're just they're like, what about this one? And I'm not thinking of it. Yeah. Um, oh wait wait wait. Uh, um, I got it. Paul Thomas slams her son. <laughs> <laughs> Slams her son. Uh, Yeah, Wes and her son. (laughs) Yes, yeah, Wes and her son. That's good. Yeah, Wes and her son. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we're done. Um, We're done. But we might do more later. Did Did you catch? I feel like um, I feel like Lee Dawson would would catch this. Like he like he caught. Uh, Stacey Lane Matthews saying to RuPaul, uh, "Oh uh, yes, the misspeaking. There's a there's a misspeak in there a that misspeak. he catches. So 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 RuPaul says like, oh, and our other guest Felicity Heffman. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like misspeak Summers Madison over yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> Felicity Heffman. Uh, the Listen, Jeff- I have, well, you know." Uh, she does say milk, so maybe that's like her oh, accent. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I bet you're giving her a lot, Mary. Thank you. I know, um, I know. Felicity I know. Heffman. Um, oh, and Jason Wu with the RuPaul doll on his shoulder. I was glad that he was included uh, in this panel. He was very charming. 
Yeah, I liked him. I loved Felicity Huffman. No oh, surprise. Because of what she said to Monet, for sure. Yes, for and sure. because I just love an older woman with a with a bit of like a with, with a, a, an extra shake of masculinity. You know what I mean? Like I sure. love. I I don't know. I mean, I love women, but I I know that I'm very drawn to like a handsome woman. You know? Okay. Yeah. No, Felicity Huffman's great. Uh, yeah, she's, she's I think a great she's. Figure. I think she's great. I, she was so good this episode. I. Ugh. Yeah. Um. um so cat couture. Yeah, uh, cat, kitty, cat, cat, brown cow. Um, so <laughs> that was Moni Cart's like entrance line. Do you remember that from season ten? That was when she came in dancing. Yes, and she goes, cat, yes. kitty, cat, 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 cow. Yes, it was like I she do. was uh, premonitions. It was, it, yeah, it was uh, uh, Nasha Lopez. Yeah, a pussy bitch. Well, that's BB, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just doing a super mix, Mary. It's a mega mix. I'm a queen with a mega mix. No Shea Coulee here. I don't do all the verses. So let's talk about these kitty girl looks. Um, Trinity Taylor. She's a cheetah. Um, yeah, it was. This was to me. It was like very. I've seen this on Halloween. It was just cats, right? She was yeah somebody from yeah. Cats with like a Catwoman inspired hat on her head, and and it looked great. She looked good. Her body looked amazing. Um, and it was it was great. Yeah, I call this look either Esther Cheeto or Cheetah Rivera. <laughs> oh my god! Oh either or, god. just choose whichever one you want. <laughs> um, Monet was serving Pink Panther. I, I thought it was more like a cross between the Caterpillar and Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland. I vaguely she familiar. Was, she was smoking. Which was very caterpillar, uh-huh, and then yeah. obviously was in the cat suit. But she clearly fucked up her makeup. Like even when she posted like the the picture on Instagram yeah. or whatever, like she fixed her nose. Like it wasn't as yeah. contoured because the suit was great, the hair was great, but she needed more cat. And I think the mouse came from the contour on her nose being so pointy. Yeah, and the ears. I think the rounded ears did th- did kind of con- like confirm that you know what i mean it kind of sure. added to that that confusion i think maybe she didn't have time to finish I, you know i appreciate like that we had never seen her do something like this before so i appreciate the effort yeah. i felt like her i feel like this this character she was doing i felt like it lived in the same universe as like shay and trinity's unicorn looks from season nine. Oh. remember the unicorn runway it was a yeah. it was the, i it remember had alexis's simil- yes yeah it had a yeah. similar vibe um yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that I disliked it, but I think it was that. I think there were, like, little nuances that would kind of, like, finish it, like, finishing details that didn't get to be done. Right. And also, I think, I think in general, there's that she I took a remember. Risk. Yeah, that sometimes looks, and this isn't, like, a read, but sometimes looks, I think, with a lot of, like, little details like that, they don't work as, like, a moving runway with distance. They work as, like, a close-up photo. And Maybe. there's nothing wrong with that, but I think... Sometimes the look doesn't move as well as it stays still, you know? Yeah, I mean, her Instagram picture was very – her makeup looked much more oh, it's, polished. It yeah. looks so good, yeah. yeah and and I've seen looks better. that look really good when a queen is moving, but not when she stands still. Right, right. It, there, and I'm, Yeah, I, I guess there were, there were just elements of it that I think – I got what she was doing, but I think it just didn't all come together maybe – she needed another half hour maybe to get this look done, you know? yeah. Uh, Latrice Royale for you? Um, you know, she's a dandelion, but she's given me like museum gift shop realness. She's given me like wolves howling in front of the moon realness. So so what I got, maybe you'll be there with me. 
but you know those spray painted t-shirts or airbrush t-shirts that you'd buy on the boardwalk down the shore mm-hmm. or at Six yeah. Flags Great Adventure? That's what this was. Yeah, where you just it, it's just in like pinks and blues and it just says Ashley. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Brittany. Yeah. yeah. Nicole. <laughs> yeah, because in New Jersey, when I was a kid, everyone was Nicole. Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Everybody had it. Hey, Nicole. Yeah, hey, Nicole. We had so many Nicoles. I have nothing against Nicole. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nicole Berger. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, lots, yeah. lots of Nicoles in my life. Um, yeah, that's what this was. And also, uh, this was a complete miss for me. Like, it was yeah. not All Stars 4. I, 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 no. was, I was like, girl, this is... A great look it looks really creative but i was like i you could tell me what the challenge was and i'd be like this doesn't belong here you know yeah yeah like i love the idea i i, I didn't i i just didn't like the i didn't like the dress um but i i like the direction she was going with the lioness like the lion look with the hair like it, it didn't yeah. all come together yeah. for me but i love the direction and i thought man if you had like the right dress and like maybe even more hair and really like framed your face i think her energy as like a lion would be so cool, you know? Right. right. Um, so I, I could see how that idea would work, but this final product didn't work for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Naomi, the fashion cat lady. Uh, this was fine. I thought this was cute. I thought it was a refreshing take on the challenge. It just wasn't the wow that comes after this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. Like my note was Naomi Smalls now and forever at the winter garden theater. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that commercial. It's such a local reference, but obviously a lot of Marys get local references, but it was a commercial for cats in like the probably the 90s, I guess. 90s, Maybe started yeah. in the 80s even. 80s, but, 90s. Oh, it was an epic commercial. Um <laughs> with the raising platform and the cats. I mean, I and I was like, "What?" It's <laughs> like, "What the fuck is cats?" Oh my god, Grizabella the glamour cat was such a drag queen. Rumtum Tugger, that Yeah. McCavity. Oh my god, the women that sung McCavity. I was like, that turned me gay. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Yeah, right. Cats. Maybe a boob or two would have helped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Despite all the pussy, it still turned me gay. Because <laughs> I just, it turned me gay. <laughs> Girl, you were oh, at God. Cats. You were doomed the moment you walked in the Winter Garden Theater. Exactly. My parents took me to see that four times. Now, if that's yeah. not turning someone gay, I don't know. What yeah. That's gay conversion <laughs> therapy. Yeah. Gay. Now and forever at the Winter Garden Theater. <laughs> Bring your kids, bring your wife, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Um <laughs> So Mr. in this name Mephistopheles, Mr. Mephistopheles, whenever I hear that name, I just think of like a really horny old man like that just sounds like some man who lives upstairs in the apartment building and like peeks out the door and his robe is open he's like hello it's mr mephistopheles and i need my newspaper i don't know who this character is but that's where i go mephistopheles was uh he was a magic cat so basically like he uh he, he could make magic 
happen. And there's this whole scene on stage where he's dancing and magic things happen. And there's all these stage tricks and illusions. And, and it's this big dance number. It's uh, he's the railway cat. Like he is, uh, he's uh, it's a very big production number. Yeah. Mm, uh, <laughs> I know a lot about cats. I my my mom and I took my niece to see it and after the first act, she was, you know, 5. Uh after the first act, sh- uh my mom turned to Leah and said, "Oh, what do you think, Leah? Do you like it?" And she's like, "I want to go home." <laughs> <laughs> and that's the T, yes, Elliot. <laughs> that's the T, yes, Elliot. Oh god. <laughs> Oh, God, Do you think the TS oh. stands for no tea, no shade? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just so interesting because I'm I'm sitting there with my niece watching this basically production that was lifted right out of the 80s and continuing mm-hmm. on uh, well into the millennium. Um, but they there's like cats that are like humping on stage. Like, yeah, it's all it's very sexual. There's grown adults acting like cats scurrying around in these very very kind of uh vulgar costumes you know what i mean like it's yeah they're they're body suits yeah i mean like i'm imagining that the the male performers um are wearing like dance belts or cups or something like sure, how are they keeping sure. all their 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 well, kibble in there I, all their tender middles rum tum tugger has a whole scene about how he like fucks other cats and he's very sexual and he like is basically gyrating his nutsack the entire song so yeah it's it's all crazy um, wow. <laughs> I mean, wow now you're selling it to me wow <laughs> throwing a little but betty yeah. buckley and i'll be there you know <laughs> jesus leona lewis played uh grizabella oh, when i saw i her. love leona lewis she's such yeah. a good singer she has a beautiful uh, voice uh, yeah she was fine um, in the role <laughs> yeah i don't know how she's an actor but she has an incredible voice uh, well you don't have to act in cats you, you... <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I do want to mention here in Naomi Smalls' little moment, this is our next Best Supporting Actress nominee. We couldn't have an episode without RuPaul's Drag Race's own Meryl Streep, RuPaul herself. I, I appreciated Michelle's, like, that she's got a skein or a skein on her, or the, the oh, yarn yeah, joke right, that she made. Right, and when joke, she turns yeah. to Ru and says, it's a yarn joke, and Ru says, yes, I, and she just, like, nods and doesn't finish <laughs> the sentence. That, yes, I, and so I, that was it. It was great. Yes, yes I. I, I. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, yeah, she has another moment when Latrice gets eliminated that I thought was part of her, you know, Best Supporting Actress or Best Actress uh, award uh, that almost read like she was getting head underneath the judging panel. But uh, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or like she had oh. finished getting she had finished getting head and then they went back after she came. Too sensitive, too sensitive. Right, right, Get right, your right. mouth oh. off of it. Oh. <laughs> Stop touching the head. Stop touching it. <laughs> Stop touching it! Oh, give me there a is... towel, God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Don't try to get more out. It's done. Half wet, half dry, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't wet a corner, then you don't know how to host a hookup, honey. <laughs> Let me tell you what. If you don't wet half the towel, then you might as well not invite him over in the first place. Oh, my God. When, when they wet half the towel, I'm like, this can happen again. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> round two. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Next time... Just come inside of me. I'm into this. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not true. You would have done it the first time. Oh, um, God. Oh, Mary. Oh, God. You could be a little yeah. slutty as well. Um, exactly. No shame in that. <laughs> Whatever. I'm on the pill. None. I'm good. None. 
Um, so Monique Hart comes out and wins All Stars Four. Uh, th- this was I, this look was everything to me. Yeah, I called this look um, "Puss and Goops." Yes, <laughs> Puss well and done, Goops. Mary. Also, "Eeny uh, Meeny Miny Moe Cart Catch a Tiger by Its Toe." What's that? We had a we had, I didn't a, say we had a Skype I, slag. No worries, I did not say anything. I'm just saying, uh, yeah, that was. That was that was good. Yeah. Oh, 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 you were complimenting yeah. me. I just wanted you to repeat. <laughs> yes. That's all. Yeah. You wanted me to repeat the compliment. Well, oh, oh tell me that I was good. One, Colin. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I thought this was uh, Monique looked in. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, it's funny on Fashion Photo Review, uh, Aquarius and Raja, who are really funny together. They're a great I'm really enjoying the two of them and their dynamic. Uh, They weren't really living for it. They were so focused on the hat and the feathers. And I understand that. But that's such a small detail underneath such like a great look. What? What were they focusing? The hat, the feather was great. They wanted the hat to be different. They wanted the feathers to be bigger. I was like, I, they're I just mean, jealous, I Jan. They're just jealous. Yeah, exactly. They're just jealous because they won their seasons. <laughs> And Monique has to try twice. Oh, yeah. uh, good. I'm glad she had to try twice because we get more Monique than we get oh, for Ann Raja. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Joke's <laughs> on you. You're like 12 minutes a week on YouTube. This bitch is on VH1 for 59 minutes without commercials. Yeah. Changed a lot of lives. Helped a lot, Helped of, a people. lot of people. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's next? What do you have? I, I'm ready to kind of move on. Uh, actually, is there anything in the critiques that you have? Um, uh, so no, I mean, I'm, I looked through cause we kind of talked about everything from the challenge from the critiques. Um, oh, uh, let's see. Oh, I mean, I guess I, we've already kind of talked about Felicity Huffman saying about how like you're just shoveling shit on top of this role, right, right. Uh, which I really liked. Um, there is a moment when it's kind of when Jason Wu is talking about his, his feelings on Latrice's look and they kind of cut to one of those flashbacks to the runway talking mm. about the chiffon and there's this moment of like Latrice like oh, reaching God. back it's for just, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, you can't hide it. It is just dragging there. Like I, I think we saw the highlights of a runway that maybe had a lot of moments like that, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. It, it was a fail. It was a fail. It was. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. And then the only other thing I think from the critiques I want to mention is um, Michelle, once again, she's a two-time Best Supporting Actress nominee. I liked when she was talking to Naomi about SJP, and she said, I I didn't like her. I didn't like her. I think that's how she said, I, I didn't like her. I didn't want to be friends with her. I just love that. Like, <laughs> I but, but you know what? And that's when I wrote down... I don't know. I'm sorry for Sex and the City fans. Please just allow me to have an opinion. Um, who likes Carrie Bradshaw on that show? Like, I, it, it, th- that boggled me. That comment boggled me because I could literally, I could watch, I could hate watch that show, mm-hmm. even though I, I could also love watch it, but I could also hate watch it. All about how Carrie Bradshaw is a terrible person. You know, it's funny. There's a similar there's a similar critique or a similar lens of watching The Office and the character of Jim, uh, oh. who John Krasinski plays. He's, yeah. I mean, he's sort of like you know the lovable, you know, sort of, especially in the beginning. You know, he's in love with Pam, all that stuff, and we're kind of told to love Jim. But if you kind of watch it, and I've been watching, I've rewatched it all the time, and I've been watching through this lens. Jim's kind of an asshole, and like mm. Dwight's not that bad a guy. Um, and I was like wow that's there's some truth so i think like 
You know what I mean? Like, I think there is a way to see that. I wonder, I did not watch a lot of girls, but I'm wondering if, like, Lena Dunham's character is a similar, like, unlikable main character, makes mistakes kind of main character. Mm. I don't know. I'm just posing questions. A a, Um, a flawed hero. Yeah. 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 Um, as, As Valerie Cherish would say, here's... Here's the new here's the new girls. Remember when she goes to HBO? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex in the oh, City, where it all started. The, right. <laughs> oh, here's the Sopranos, where it all started. Right, 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 and then she cuts to like, what is it? Like Deadwood. She's like, I, I don't. Or no, The Wire. She's like, I, I don't know yeah, what that is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's Lena Dunham. It's like, oh, yeah, Lena, it's Lena yeah. Dunham. Lorna oh, Dunham. Yeah, Lorna Dunham. Lorna Dunham. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> Um, so we get the deliberation back in the mirror. Nothing really happened here. There's one moment that I wrote down, um, two actually, I should say. Uh, one is when Monet says, "Is Monique cut a bitch heart about to send me home? Is she mm-hmm. about to gag the fuck out of me?" Um, and then I also wrote down when Latrice uh, confronted with Trinity's question of who would you send home. Latrice is like, "I, I, 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 I don't know." Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, you know, watching that, I could just see, like, Latrice, I think she just knew. Like, I think she knew her time was coming. I, I yeah. really, um, I love that shot of her sitting alone on the couch. They occasionally have those in All Stars of just a queen sitting alone waiting for their mom to pick them up from school. <laughs> That's always the meme. Me waiting for my mom to pick me up from school is Latrice alone on the couch. Um, yeah, or in your case, your dad forgetting that it was his day. <laughs> oh, yeah. My dad forgetting that he had kids. Things like that. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry. Oh, hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, I think he's moving to uh, Panama this year, so it's all water under the border anyway. <laughs> oh, Olay. Um, Olay. See ya. <laughs> um, go Olay. Uh, I also, um, oh, I guess I just, I was saying the note I had here was that Trinity and Monique are kind of doing, they're kind of doing their jobs uh, as reality show con- um stars or reality show uh, participants in that they're creating yeah. the drama that, oh, Monet might not make it because I was sweating for Monet hard. But like looking back, Trinity was never Trinity wants to win against the best and Monet yeah. has the second best track record and Monique isn't going to throw Monet under the like you know to the wolves no. now no not when she wasn't even the weakest like no I just it wasn't going to happen and I'm so glad it didn't um because it just that would have been that would have been yeah. terrible uh I also really appreciated Naomi Small's Naomi Small's balls uh, right on her head as she like looked Latrice in the eye and was like you were the most inconsistent this season. Right. That's it. Like she just, I don't give a fuck. Honestly, I, I don't, don't give she, a fuck. Yeah. You know, and you, you just look at it like Monique is a, or, I mean, Naomi is a young queen. She's a younger person. Latrice has been around many blocks. And so for Naomi to like, not be intimidated in that moment or present intimidation, mm. it's, it's great. Channel your inner Naomi, you know? <laughs> uh, there is one little uh, screenshot that I took. I'm going to send it to you right now of Monet on the couch after uh, Naomi says that to Latrice where it's it's, it's love crazy that. it's crazy the way she looks it's I just love it I think I, I lo- might I make it my that. desktop background <laughs> no that's that's a great look it's it's because I feel like what happened in that moment is like the truth came out and Monet was like but girl we had to say a name like she was trying to smooth it over like right, I had to right. say a name and and then Naomi was like well I mean let's just 
Let's just call a spade a spade here, right? Like you were the the weakest, so that's you that. Were the weakest, like yeah. And, yeah. and Monet was like, "Oh, this is not the confrontation I needed." Yeah, yeah right. I do love the it's idea great. of of just cats hanging out on a couch. I think oh. that happened with uh, Monique, Monique and Trinity when they were both talking. I'm like, "Oh, this is like two cats hanging out on a couch." Yeah, just two cats hanging out. You know, oh. waiting waiting the afternoon out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I uh, I think the next note I have is kind of heading back to the runway, and it heads back to the last Best Supporting Actress nomination, I think, of this episode. Um, and that's when they cut to the judges all reading Guru, Love and they it. all have like that inner monologue, and then Ross right. says, I wish I knew how to read. It, it was just like a perfect delivery and great timing. You didn't like it? Ugh, I mean, I it was, it. I, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I, I highlighted – uh, RuPaul in that segment much more when she's like, mm, 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 I am a good author. <laughs> I know she was fine. She was Ooh, she was looking look at, at it like a set, like a calendar, yeah, <laughs> like a centerfold. I you know I just I don't know I I just uh, <laughs> sorry. I'll always go to Ross Matthews. He's my you know yeah he's, he's your he's, he's he's your he's your kitty girl. I love Ross. He is no, my kitty girl. Me, believe me, I love I love Ross. Uh, I want him to be a judge forever. So, uh, I just want him on every TV show judging people kindly. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, so we got the lip sync. Uh, Janet Jackson, when I think of you, you know, Monique. Monique was air drumming at the start, which I don't know how you feel about that, but I was feeling it, and she I don't started think I doing. I saw these- that. Oh yeah, she's drumming and kind of kicking at the start, and then she did these hand movements like up and down, and then when the paddle turn started, I was like, hmm, because that's when Trinity did that like, when I think of you, hair flip, and like, uh-huh. yeah, it yep. was, it was, I was like, oh, Trinity's gonna win because then oh. Monique, Monique starts to undress and it starts to shatter a bit because it's taking too long, and then even the second reveal, Trinity's right in front of her. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, Trinity has this lip sync. Like, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I um, <clears throat> I enjoyed, I like this, I had said this earlier. I really enjoyed both of them, this lip sync. I think Trinity very clearly won because I think of the nuances. I think that little hair flip moment, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the hair toss, that went, that moment when she screamed, that little, like, when she, yeah, it's, some, it's after the dance yeah. break. Um, yeah. It was little things like that. But, like, don't get it twisted I could watch Monique Hart like toss her hair and kick her leg all day. Completely. All day. Completely. No, do not get it twisted. These this was a great lip sync, but Trinity, there was the nuances that she had were highlighted more than anything we saw from the editors about Monique. I, so I agree. I agree. I think what I like about Monique in general, what I like the reason why I would tip both these queens is like Trinity was getting all these little nuances and was like making sure to catch them. But Monique has this like fluidity to her movement. Like her her dancing is and her choreography is just so fluid. And it's like so enjoyable mm. to watch because you're kind of like it just like never stops. And so you, except right. she, unless she has kind of like she had a, a clunky uh, reveal here and there. But otherwise, once she gets going, especially that dance break, I was like, oh, Monique, I love when you do stuff like this. It's just so fun. Yeah. And this song yeah. is such a great lip sync song. What is, you know, because I love to ask questions about music that cause I, I, I don't know the words, but whatever that. I call it's like a clang is like the, the the beat is like this certain synth sound that they've created that I'm assuming is coming from a keyboard. 
It's uh, okay. I can't. You know I, what I mean? I, it's like it's, I don't know the song well enough for for. I I wasn't a huge fan of the song. I mean, it's a, I love Janet Jackson, so I love that song. But like, there's plenty of other Janet Jackson songs that we could have picked here. But uh, yeah, so it's I, like that I think three you were a little bit more pattern. Memorable. You know what I mean? It's like that dun dun dun. Like whatever that is, you, whatever that sound. If you is. ask me these questions, like before we start recording, and and say, hey, can you just listen to the song and listen for this? And then be able to tell me on the episode, like, then I can do it. But, like, I have to listen to the song now, you know? <laughs> well, take your notes, girl. Know what I'm going to ask you before I ask it. You need to be ahead of it. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> oh, finally, someone got their ballot box stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I put this out there to you, but I oh, put it out honey, to Oh, honey, why don't you just fuck him? Sorry. I just love Samantha. I, um. <laughs> um, anyway, I put that question out to you and to Mary's and to the many Mary's listening. Someone explain to okay. me the, the not only the mechanics, but like what, am, what, did, what have they created? How do they make that sound? Because I really like that sound. That's all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, well, unless you have other thoughts, Mary, uh, maybe we um, could close out. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I have two thoughts. One, the joy of hearing the words, are you Team Monet, Team Monique? Like, just uh, <gasps> to have both, I didn't think I'd have both in the top four. I'm very happy about that. Mm, um, and finally, girl, we need to announce the winner of Best Supporting Actress for the episode. The nominees are, um, to remind us all, Trinity's Nervous, Trinity's Nose Pick, Rue's nod, Monet's nail on the head, Michelle's not a fan, and Ross's knowledge. Uh, and so uh, it was a difficult decision. It's uh, do you have do you have who you think should win? Do you need refreshers on what those were? So the first, first one was two? when Tri- when Trinity was nervous. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And then okay, the second no. one was a little. And then the next one. It was when she picked your nose. That little human moment that I liked. No. The third one was uh... when. Rue nodded at Michelle's joke. She's like, yes, I... I, I mm-hmm. Okay, at that's the, probably what would win for me. That's probably what would win, yeah. And in case you need the reminders of the other ones, Michelle also got nominated for not being a fan of SJP. I'm, I, I, I didn't like her. Uh, M- Monet got a nomination for, na- for the hammer that she clonked on Trinity's head so perfectly. And Ross for not okay. knowing how to read. Got it. What, what wins? Well, it's a bit of a legacy award. Uh, it's a it's it's a recognition not just for their work in this challenge or in in this moment, but really in the whole episode. I can't not give it to Ross Matthews. He was the highlight of this episode, and if any way I can like celebrate that, it's with the best supporting actress uh, award. So, thank you, Ross. You may not know how to read, but uh, you do know how to, you know. Win a best supporting direct, <laughs> direct, <laughs> direct. Um, yeah. Do you? Who are you? Who are you, team, Colin? Who do you? Are you team everyone? I mean, are you team everybody I, black? What I, are you team? I love all four of these queens. I think if I have to, I think, I think the the queens I'd be I'd be most excited about Monique or Monet winning. I yes. Think track record wise, I think, I feel like maybe Monique could edge out over Monet. But, I mean, okay. the joy of seeing them all make it to the end is, like, you know, is significant. I, I, be, okay, so I am team, oh, man, I'm, oh, when I really think about it, I'm team Monique, okay? Because uh-huh. Monique has been my favorite since season 10, and I love Monet. I 
adore her. I want her to win so bad to rub it in Bob's nose. Like yep. there's all of that too. Uh, I also believe in Monet's track record. Um, so I'm, but I, I think at the end of the day, I'm team Monique. Um, I think Trinity is going to win. I'm, I think Trinity's performance has certainly suggested that I, if there's a jury that might change things, I mean, there's other factors yeah, we right. don't know about. Uh, but right. yeah, I mean, I, I, had just finally listened again to sibling rivalry recently. And I listened to the all-stars four episode and I totally got that same feeling you had of like, Oh, well I want Monet to win just cause I think Bob's just really <laughs> tough on her on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's, ridiculous. He, I think the problem with Bob <laughs> is he's too goddamn smart that it's just like, I, I think, I mean, I don't think that he's always wrong. I just think that like Bob sees things from like seven different angles that kind of like, it's hard to kind of, be quicker than that but monet can come back with some truths as well so i'll give she's her that good but she's good they remind me of like dotty and kit right where it's yes, like yes every now and then you know the older sister's got to give it to the younger sister you know you gotta let them win some of the time god damn it you know mm -hmm. yeah well yeah i i just yeah i think if monet wins i yeah it would feel great because it would just be like take that bob but I mean, yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck you, yeah. Bob. Yeah. Fuck you, Bob. Yeah. So <laughs> this is all for just to just to prove to Bob the drag queen. <laughs> it's the ultimate petty petty Betty from Brooklyn. You yeah, know? I'm a petty bitch from Brooklyn. I don't let things go. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I love that. Um. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited that we get to watch it in Portland. That's gonna be great. I mean, yeah, it lined up perfectly. We're so we've already been in touch. We've been in touch with the doctors. We've been in touch with Marys already. We're gonna get to be with Marys at a bar. So, like, don't be shy. Come be a part of that. We don't like big groups anyway, so we're gonna make it so that everybody enjoys it. I mean, we want to meet everybody. Yeah, but we're yeah. not. We're like, we don't love to walk into situations yeah. we don't know everybody. But. These are Marys. Right, right. And, you know, we don't even have to have, like, a long conversation. and going to be like, hi, I'm this person. Oh, hi. Thanks for listening. And then we could just be quiet next to each other. Like, yeah, I or, <laughs> or just, I mean, I, I could talk. I'll talk to anybody. But um, I guess what I'm just, you I guess will. I'm you saying You will this, talk to anybody. Yeah. I will talk to anybody. Uh, but I guess what I was trying to say is, like, if we, if we, because if someone said to me, hey, me and a bunch of people you don't know are going to be at a bar, do you want to join us? It's like a column-shaped cutout in the wall. And I just want to say that if you are like <laughs> that kind of person, I want to tell you that I understand you and I see you and we're going to create a situation where you don't want to run through the wall. Right. And I guarantee it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to put anyone through that. Yeah, so, I get it, Mary. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, yep. I, I hope that's what happens. Otherwise, yes, I will be. Uh, Johnny cut out through the wall. So yeah, but ultimately, I also yeah. feel like because we're all right, Mary, and everyone knows who we are. I feel very comfortable just being, you know, being a little hostess. You know what I mean? I feel very comfortable yeah. just talking to anybody because it's like a little, a quantities. little Susie snack cake. You know, a little. Yeah, little I just want to be game. a Susie snack cake. Yeah, a bit of a ho ho, really. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. A nutty buddy, if you <laughs> That's will. <a> yeah. Really? <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> well, you know, what can I, I say? <laughs> I love a bit of a snowball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, 
shit. That is one sexual that's, term, Mary. That's dirty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's dirty. <laughs> it's not that dirty. It happens all the time. Um, all right, Marys. Um, if you have any thoughts, you know where to find us. We're at yeah. All Right Mary on Twitter, or you can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or find us on the web at allrightmary.com and email us through there. If you want, you can follow me on Instagram. I am at Johnny also. Uh, and you can get more of me on my podcast in the details, A Celebration of Nuance. I just recently put out part six of Cherishing Valerie, all about the comeback and Valerie Cherish. We've got many mentions this episode. Uh, you can also get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, and you can get more of both of us uh, on Patreon. And that's how you, right. how do you do that? You, I'm having a stroke. You go to patreon.com backslash all right, Mary, and you can become a matreon, which can get you access depending on your contribution level to hot takes, videos, and certainly a bonus episode every single week, including, you want to tell her Mary's what's happening on Matreon? Uh, well, on Matreon, we are continuing uh, once a month. We are going to do a movie review or a TV show review or something um, for our $2 Matreons. But on $5, uh, we are beginning our recap of Drag Race Thailand, uh, which will come out weekly starting after Portland, I believe, um, yeah. which will be yeah. great. Uh, and we're really excited about it. Uh, I've already watched the first episode, and it is... Whew, it's... These queens are fabulous. These queens are yeah. fucking fabulous. Uh, I, I I can't stress that enough. There's a lot of English-speaking queens uh, on this season, which uh, feels yeah. different. Um, there's a lot of queens from all over, so it's not just Thailand like it was first season. There's also more uh, queens than first season, so there's just a lot more to, uh, to dig into. Um, but anyway, Mary, that's what we're doing on Matron, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I started watching the first episode, and it was like, yeah, I mean, already I was like, oh, my God, this season's going to be amazing. These queens are amazing, um, including yeah. one of the queens is a Mary. So, you know, right, that's uh, right. if, if that's you want right. to find out who that is and uh, learn more, just become a Matreon. Uh, Patreon.com yeah. backslash all right, Mary. Uh, and yeah. I think that's it, except for Last Chance Lip Sync. We have a Last Chance Lip Sync this week. Um, so in in light of the show that nobody's watching but everybody's talking about, the masked singer uh, last Ugh. week there was a masked there was a masked singer that was revealed uh, the, actually the past three I think have been queer icons um, and one of them happens to be one of my favorites Margaret Cho um, and I thought it would be appropriate uh, this last chance lip sync to do one of her songs it's a comedy song and it's called my puss uh, it's all about you know the nuances of different cats that we have. Ah, well, that's a fancy feast. All right. It's also well, a it's also a parody of that song, "My Dick." I don't know if you know that song, "My Dick." Uh, I know my neck. I know my back. I don't know my dick. <laughs> I know my pussy and my crack. If that helps. Oh uh, God, I'm sure it, you. It has do, in the past. <laughs> yeah, bet you do. I bet you do. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, meow. Let's uh, let's let's dive into the puss then. <laughs> Work that puss. It, uh, otherwise, Marys will see you in Portland and uh, at the finale. All right. All right, Mary. My puss looks so fantastic. Your puss smell like burned plastic. My puss like it nice and rough. Your puss got some bad dandruff. My puss is so fine that I flaunt it. Your puss is so old that it's haunted. My puss make everybody horny. Your puss look like Bonnie. 
My puss won 15 Tonys. Your puss hang down to your knees. My puss be pretty if it showed. Your puss got its own zip code. My puss won the FIFA World Cup. Your puss made me sneeze and throw up. My puss is soft like velvet. Your puss dead like Elvis. My peach, my clam, my cookie. Everybody wanna get their hands on my cookie. Don't want a rookie, no, no. getting all nervous. I just want to grow. Give me lip service. My peach, my clam, my cookie.